Hey everyone, and welcome to Gameware Express, where we are coming at you one day early, because today is Thursday, October 31st, 2013. Happy Halloween, everybody! Yay! Spooky episode. Scary. Uh, I'm Adam Arinder. I will be your host for this fine episode. Thank you, Oh, no problem. You know, since it's Halloween, a lot of people like to watch spooky movies. Or not spooky movies. Some people have favorite Halloween movies. Stephen Martin. Hi. What's your favorite like Halloween or spooky movie? It could I, be either. Yeah, I don't know if I have a, a single movie. You know, I, I like to watch Nightmare Before Christmas sometimes, but that feels more like a Christmas movie. It's like movie. a Christmas yeah, movie. Yeah, so um, I, I guess when I was younger, I'd like to kind of go through all the terrible Friday the 13th movies <laughs> and some of the better uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movies, so th- those are always fun. Right. Then Halloween itself is a classic, so, you know, I don't have one in particular, but I like watching some of those. Um, not not necessarily a traditional Halloween theme. I think you should watch scary movies all year, so why? You, why limit yourself I'm to I'm not going to let big movie tell me when I can watch my scary movies. I watch <laughs> them whenever I want, so... If you haven't checked out Event Horizon, it is on Netflix. I don't think I have. The movie's crazy. I've heard of it, I think. It's got dude from Jurassic Park. Which one? Jeff Goldblum? No, that'd be cooler. <laughs> Sam Neill. Oh, the, the Dr. Dr. Grant. Grant. Yeah. yeah. And then it's got um, Larry Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, okay. Morpheus. Also, he was in Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. And he is credited as Larry Fishburne in that film, so I'm not off base there. I've only seen the first ones of all of those. Nightmare? Nightmare Friday the 13th and Halloween, I've only seen the first ones. The, for Nightmare, one and three, and then the new Nightmare. Check okay. those out. The other ones are okay, but those are really good. So gotcha. You've already seen one. Yeah. So Awesome. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you. Renee Martin. Hey. What do you like to watch on Halloween? Well, I would have to say my favorite Halloween movie is Hocus Pocus. It's a good one. Um, it's really cute. I remember watching that a lot, you know, leading up to Halloween as a child. So that one certainly has a special place in my heart. Um, I think everybody wishes that they had a black cat that talked to them named Binks. So, um, <laughs> I do. I actually have one. <laughs> yes, Cosmo cat. does speak to you. He, he speaks. I have, I have a black cat. He speaks to me. So. They think we're crazy, it's, but... No, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining me today. Of course. Rachel. Hi. You just heard from her and mm-hmm. her black cat who speaks to her. <laughs> What's your favorite Halloween movie, my dear? Okay. My favorite Halloween movie is actually a Disney Channel original movie. Oh, God. It's a <laughs> Here <laughs> it's we go. A, it's a movie called Under Wraps. It's really great. It's about this mummy who gets, who like comes to life and then they have to like blend him into the human world. And Makes sense. His, his like <laughs> mummy girlfriend comes back to life too, and he okay. has to like find her, and they they fall in love. This is Encino Man. It's so <laughs> it's great. Encino Man. <laughs> it's the same movie. <laughs> and he has to like hide the mummy from his mom because the mummy's like staying in his bedroom. And is this like the opposite of Weekend at Bernie's? <laughs> like someone whose dad comes back to life, and you have to blend them in with what's going on. <laughs> I'm going to have to check this out. Can I get this on Blu-ray? Like, or? I really hope you can buy Netflix. it on Blu-ray. Probably, well, I would, I would love that. But I I think I had it on like VHS tape or something at one point. But I, I think we should get the tape. We should work on we that. We need to watch it. Yeah, so if you know any of our lovely viewers love us enough to send us a copy of Under Wraps on VHS tape, we'll 
Love you. Forever. Add it to our great VHS collection we already have. <laughs> for the VCR that we do not. I have a VCR if you need to borrow one. That'd be great. Yeah. How else am I going to watch D2 The Mighty Ducks? Exactly. We don't have the other Mighty Ducks movies. Just D2. That's the, the first one's better, really. I, I know. I'm gonna, I like them both. So. D- like D2, one. that was when they were like the fake Olympics, right? Yes. Yeah. They have to fight Iceland. <laughs> That's right. Their evil team from Iceland. <laughs> It was the third one. They were like in high school. I never saw the third. By then, I was like thirty years old. (laughs) (laughs) I'd have to say mine would be Twenty Eight Days Later. Yeah, I really like that movie. I saw that three times in theaters. Really? Yeah, that was a good one. Because I like zombies, and those aren't really zombies because they're like they're infected. Infected, but that's like a subgenre of the zombie subgenre. Since that, since that movie, yeah, kind of started it, right? That's true. Yeah. So I'm a big fan of that. So. Emails. Why don't you tell us your favorite scary movie? GameWorks yeah. at gmail.com. That'd be fun. Can I email you my favorite scary movie? And we... You can, and we'll just we'll restart this again. next week the same thing. I think we'll I'll just go that. around in a circle. Cool. Okay. So, um, we have a pretty packed show today, guys. So, we're going to try to keep this concise but informative. But let's have some fun first. Uh, Rachel came up with the idea, since it is Halloween, that we should have um, talk about... Moments in games growing up that spooked us, scared us, or that we just found kind of just creepy in general, right? Yeah. Rachel, is that kind of what you had going? Something sort of like that. Just spooky levels, spooky bosses, things that scared you, maybe things that weren't necessarily intentionally scary, maybe games that are intentionally scary that are, you know, have come out more recently, but just kind of the, you know, what's spooky? Why don't you lead us off? Oh, goodness. <laughs> I made lots, I made lots and lots of notes, um, because I, I... I, not necessarily like a lot of things scared me as a kid, but I think I just have like a wide variety of like, well, this is a creepy game and, and this and etc. So I think I'm probably just going to start out by like what my idea of like a creepy game is. Um, and I'll have to say Majora's Mask, Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask on the N64 is one of those ones that just kind of has that like kind of dark atmosphere. Everything about it is just, you know, it, it's got this like looming sense of death because the moon's literally hanging that over That moon you. is terrifying. It I haven't is. played that game, but I've seen pictures of that moon with the that face. The face is scary. The happy mask salesman is scary. The skull kid's laugh is scary. It's just this looming sense of, like, impending death hanging over you for the entirety of the game. And the whole idea of, like, I'm going to take over someone else's body and I'm going to be part of it. It's just, it's very creepy to me. And, you know, the, the music's creepy. The whole timeline element of it is, like, you can save one person from their life, but as soon as you play the Song of Time, like, everyone else has to relive their horrible, miserable lives. And it's it's just, like, this, it's such a scary game, but it's, it's very, it's good. It's very good. It's very emotional. It makes you actually care about the characters in it. It's not just one of those ones where you walk up to the mailman ten times and he says the same thing to you. Each character has their own individual sub-story, which is a really, like, good part of Majora's Mask, I think. Um, and just another spooky game that I was thinking of when I was trying to think of, you know, stuff to talk about was Limbo. I still need to play that. It's, it's, it came out a little bit more recently in, what, 2010? Sounds about right. Yeah, something like that. Um, that game, it's, it's just a standard, like, it's kind of like just a standard platformer. Um, there's no music, so it kind of gives you, like, this kind of eerie atmosphere, because all you hear is, like, the sound of you shuffling in the grass and you moving stuff around to try and, and, and get through it and it's all in black and white um but I, I think that, like the animations and everything in that game still hold up despite it only being like a silhouette 
Um, mm-hmm. It's it's just really good. It kind of like the ending kind of gave me chills, but you haven't played it, so I'll I'll save when you do play it, and we'll talk about it. I just know um, the silhouette of the giant spider that like yeah. impales you. I don't like spiders. Well, I don't like spiders either. That's why it's a creepy game. That's why I'm talking about it. You play that on Vita now. You can play so. it on the Vita. I now. did buy that yeah. for like the third time on Vita because I figured so I might actually play it you, on my Vita. You bought it three times. Yes. So you haven't played it. I got it on Xbox Live when it first came out because I heard it was Obviously. Good. Then it was in a Humble Bundle. Like a dollar. on my PC, yeah. yeah. And then I heard it came out on Vita. And, you know, if I'm going to play a game that's all black and white, the contrast on the Vita on that OLED screen, yeah. it blacks with black and whites with white. So It's great. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that's that's just really um, as far as like you know games that I thought of that were just like individually as a whole have like a creepy atmosphere or like a scary or spooky atmosphere. But there are some games that I was thinking of that aren't intentionally scary, but that still kind of scared me a little bit when I was a little kid. Um, a lot of those being like rare games, actually. Um, rare is in the studio, not hard to find. Right. Yes. Yeah. Rareware. Um, rare, say that five times. May they rest in peace. <laughs> hey, they still make amazing games. And we'll talk about that a little later. We will. We will get to that. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, but no, they like the Mad Monster Mansion level in Banjo Kazooie is mm-hmm. a, is a good one. It, I don't know, the ghost kind of scares me a little bit. And when I was playing through it, I didn't even realize it got dark outside. And you know, I'm <laughs> sitting there by myself in the dark playing Banjo Kazooie, and then like all the, this creepy music starts playing, and this ghost is chasing me. I'm like, okay. Time to leave. Um, Stop and go station in Donkey Kong Country. Lights are flickering. There's no music. It gets dark. And it's just kind of eerie. And the angry Aztec level from Donkey Kong 64 is another one. Just because you're trying to race around in this this level. And all of a sudden the voice just goes, Get out! (laughs) (laughs) That, I don't know, that frightened me. Um, But I think as far as, like, levels go... Uh, of, of any game that I was able to just think of, um, believe it or not, it's actually Gobi's Valley from Banjo Kazooie. And I know, again, Banjo Kazooie is not by any means like a spooky game or like a scary game. But I think the reason why I, I think or why I got so spooked from it is um, like the good thing about Banjo Kazooie is their soundtrack, in my opinion. I, it's one of my favorite video game soundtracks, just because it's so dynamic. Mm-hmm. Every area that you go into, every sub area of that area has different music. And that changes to kind of fit with the mood of what they want you to feel. Um, but when you go into King Sandy Butt's Maze... <laughs> I can't say that with a straight face. King Sandy Butt's Maze is the scariest part of Banjo Kazooie. Um, so when you go into King Sandy Butt's Maze... <laughs> um, the Gobi's Valley music starts speeding up. Um, and it kind of gives you this impending sense of like urgency... And you, you know, you need to hurry up and get out of here. And that, that's scary. It's stressful because you have to run and get out of here. And, and that's just kind of... A, a lot of video games do that. But I think that that was the first one that I was able to come up with just because of that. And I came up with, like, enemies and stuff too. Reeds are scary. Those things, that noise, those things yeah. make. Like, I had to turn my DS down when I was playing it. Yeah. Like... I remember the first time I ran into a redead. You know, I wasn't following a strategy guide or anything, and that was honestly really the first Zelda game on like a console I'd really played because I'd played Link's Awakening before on the mm-hmm. Game Boy. So every other enemy you're able to target and pretty much just slash at until it's dead. Well, 
<laughs> you go down there and you're like, oh, it's another enemy that I can just slash at until it dies. So you run up to it and then you're suddenly frozen. Mm-hmm. And then you're, you know, all the menu buttons go away, go away and you see this thing. Like, what? It's walking up to me? Why am I frozen? <laughs> Moving the control st- Just, it's so creepy. It's and so I remember scary. that really freaked me out. And have you ever had one grab you? Yes, because certainly. Because that's like the scariest feeling. You feel like you can't get away. Exactly. It's slowly sucking your life away. Yeah. You're like, what can I do? There's nothing you can do. Exactly. And those are, those things are creepy. So are wall masters and floor masters from Legend of Zelda. Yes. And I, especially whenever you finally see it, you're like, what is that? Exactly. Like, I, I just don't... I have this thing where I don't like dismembered body parts, and then like these giant hands are coming after me, and I just don't like that. It's really terrifying for me, so... You know, just just things like that, and you know. If you don't like dismembered body parts, you're not gonna like the game I'm gonna talk about. Oh God, (laughs) I just don't like like hands chasing me. I think it's weird. The Shadow Temple and Ocarina of Time was another one. Yeah, I couldn't go through that myself. The first time I played through that game, actually, when I came to the Shadow Temple, I got someone else to go through the majority of it for me because it just freaked me right out. Yeah, and another thing about Ocarina of Time is like. The, the forest temple, even, with that music. The music. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Because <laughs> yep. the forest temple's not, like, the shadow temple level scary, but, like, the music is just creepy. It really is, gives yeah. You, gives you creepies. In Ocarina of Time, again, my fear of spiders came in with those damn skulltulas. They dropped. Yes. And nope. No. No, thank you. No, thank yeah. you. Um, another fun thing, actually, real quick, uh... Just, I noticed this was just kind of creepy more than anything. Not necessarily, like, it's probably one of those, it's in the game, so it's intentional, but in the Game Boy camera, uh, if you, if you go into it and you, you click on shoot, and before you shoot a picture, there's like a run option. If you click on that run option, it plays like the creepiest music with the scariest face, and all it says is, who are you running from? And I personally found that, like, super creepy. Yeah, she and showed us it before the show. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, it's like, what is, what, why is this a thing? So, I just noticed that was really creepy, thought I'd bring that You need up. to find a picture of that for me on the internet, and I can make that this week's show. Oh, no. Show picture so everyone can see how sorry, creepy viewers. this is. If I had seen that as a child, like, exactly. I don't know if I would be the same person. <laughs> I don't know if I would have ever touched my Game Boy camera ever again. Like, yeah. it's just a camera, but no. Why is that there? I sat there. So yeah, that's all I really had. So What's really scary is when you take your picture and print it out and see what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get our wedding pictures done. Yes. <laughs> we don't need to hire an expensive photographer. <laughs> Here, take this Game Boy Pocket. Take yep. our pictures. <laughs> so we're So yeah. That's a lot. I know I have a lot. I, I had a couple more. Games must have frightened you as a child. That Not necessarily. It's not that... It's not that I'm, like, spooked easily or anything. Well, maybe I was. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. It, it's just... Like, developers do this on purpose. Right. Um, a lot of the time. It's not necessarily to, you know, like, to scare you. It's, it's again, like, in, in Gobi's Valley, to give you, like, a sense of urgency. Or a sense of, like, you need to hurry up and get yeah. out of here. It, it's, it's not, you know... It's, it's definitely an intentional thing, I think. Whether or not it's, you know, unintentionally intentional. In right. the sense of, like, it's not meant to, like, scare the crap out of you. But it is meant to kind of, you know change the mood and, and that's another reason why I think you know music is so important mm-hmm. is because it's plays like a huge part in that so right and that kind of plays like what I mentioned earlier because mine 
I'd have to say the Dead Space series is mine. I'm not a big horror game fan. I don't play a lot of those. But I really like Dead Space. And, you know, the object of that game is to shoot your enemies strategically for strategic dismemberment and you cut all their limbs off. So that's why I said you wouldn't like that game because you're an engineer and you have a bunch of engineering tools like saws and stuff. So you need to, like, cut their legs off and cut their arms off. (laughs) So in Dead Space 1... You know, they discover the Ishimura, the, the ship that's kind of, like, derelict, and he goes on there to try to fix it, and that's when the, the, uh, the monsters come out and try to kill you. But then in Dead Space 2, I guess slight spoiler in Dead Space 2, y'all, um, in Dead Space 2, it's docked on whatever, like, base you're on, on Saturn, Saturn's moon, and the game brings you back onto the ship, and you're going through, like, the entire ship waiting for something to happen, because you remember what happened in the first game? And the scariest part of that game is nothing happens. Yeah. You're creeping through that ship. Just wait. You turn a corner, like something's going to come out of that vent. Nothing. Like nothing happens. And that was like the creepiest part of that game. Like if you walk through places and like balloons would pop, it's kind of like a, a, cheap, a cheap jump. Yeah. But there the, were balloons in space. They were in the, the hospital. That's game. weird. But, and what you were saying with music, when you're on the ship, there was no music. Exactly. There was no music. Exactly. There was no, there was nothing. Yeah. And that, that that level of intensity was just so it's, high. It was, mm-hmm. it was pretty creepy. That that game and the original Bioshock, just the atmosphere in Bioshock was great. And it was super eerie yeah. and super creepy. Uh, you know, Defunct Rapture. That's probably what, you know, why Bioshock's one of my favorite games. Is just the atmosphere of Rapture and how eerie and creepy it was. Because that wasn't meant to be a horror game. Really, I don't think, when it first came out. It's just, they, they built that world so well mm-hmm. that um it really drew me to it so i don't have, have as many as you but yeah, no, I, sorry, those are the ones that always like, stick out to me <laughs> yeah, a lot of stuff there i was just like oh man i have lots of, of opinions well um one of my favorite scary games from when i was a kid was a pc game uh this puzzle game called seventh guest and mm-hmm. you can actually download it on uh, iphone ios it's the whole thing it's just like a small download now but uh, back then, I guess I was like 12 years old when I played that game, and mm-hmm. you're just walking through this mansion, and you're, you you find these encounter areas where there's a puzzle, and the puzzle is just to solve the puzzle. But then after that, or before that, there was just a, a weird video sequence where they used full motion video, these actors that were filmed like in 1990, maybe 1989, and the, the techniques that they used to film these actors, once they, once they I guess, ported it over... You know, to put it in the game, the 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 video recording was so poor of the actors that you could kind of see through them. Mm-hmm. So they had to actually change the the way the game's story was. They weren't originally supposed to be ghosts in this game. So, <laughs> but because of the video quality was so poor, they actually had to change it to where they were just dead the whole time. So they they were they were these actors that were playing ghosts in the game. And I just remember that game being scary. I remember going into the billiards parlor. And you walk into the billiards parlor, and the first thing you see is a, is a pool table, and then the the pool balls and the cue, they just everything moves on its own, and then a ghost, a clown ghost shows up with balloons, no. and I'm I'm terrified of clown ghosts, so, um, but yeah, it's uh, that was that was pretty scary. You can get that on iOS if you want to play a fun puzzle game with really with bad the really bad FMV, with really bad FMV, and um, I guess that. Uh, Later in life, uh, recently, one of my favorite kind of scary games was an Xbox 360 launch game called Condemned yeah. Criminal Origins. That game's great. And, you know, if you just want to bash the shit out of hobos, like, you can do that <laughs> in this game. And that's not really scary, because uh, for me, what makes a game scary is not having 
maybe a, an arsenal of weapons to take down your enemies or, you know. What, uh, all, that's all I've heard from Condemned is you kill hobos. Is yeah, that, yeah. What do you, is that the actual point of the game? Okay, or what's so the actual you, point of this game? You are... Disclaimer though, we don't condone the people beating hobos in. No, <laughs> you, you need to have a reason to beat hobos up. You can't <laughs> okay, just go do go. it willy nilly. So, you play in the game, you play as veteran cop criminal investigator Ethan Thomas, who has gone through some problems in his life. And he's had some drug problems. He's probably just gotten off the bottle. He may still be on it, to be honest. So you're investigating these crime scenes. So it's parts of the game, you're, you're walking around with your crime scene investigation kits looking for clues about the serial killer who's, who's mm-hmm. tormenting you. So part of the game, you're investigating murders and you're getting evidence and then the other half of the game, I'd say the other 90% of the game is just beating up hobos. So, but the, I think it's the second or third level. Yes, I remember now. Yeah, so the, the second or the third level, you're in this, you're in this mall that's, you're basically in Cortana Mall. So <laughs> you're in a mall that's shut down. It's, it's, it's not open anymore. It's all, it's all dirty and gross and cobwebs everywhere and just decrepit. And in the mall... There are all these mannequins that are just standing around because you know it's that's it's that's what's in the mall is mannequins mm-hmm. to know what the clothes look like. So the mannequins are just there until maybe halfway through the level, and then all of a sudden, when you walk past one of those mannequins, it turns out it's actually a hobo dressed like a mannequin, <laughs> and he just comes out and you know just tries to kill you with his okay. hobo weapons. So. And at that rate... So what's a hobo weapon? Rebar. <laughs> okay. Anything you can rip out of the wall. Fair I, I don't know. Telephone booth. Phone <laughs> the whole thing. booth. An entire telephone booth. Uh, yeah, anything you can move or, or grab. A crowbar is good. Okay. So, yeah. But the thing is, like, there's a lot of these mannequins, but you don't know which ones are actually right. going to be crazy hobos. <laughs> so, and I haven't played Condemned 2, but I do own it. And I haven't played it. I hear you fight a bear in that game. What? With your bare hands. <laughs> yeah, oh. Or rebar. You probably should grab some rebar. Was Condemned the one that like got bumped up to an AO rating? No. Or I think it's something else. No. Oh, it's Manhunt. Manhunt, maybe. But uh, Condemned's a hard one. Is Condemned Rockstar or is that someone else? Condemned is was Sega. Well, if, okay. you know, I'm not sure who actually developed uh, it, but Sega published it. I'm confusing so. Manhunt. That was Rockstar and it got an AO rating. And another one from a few years earlier, um, you know, Resident Evil has always been a really scary franchise up until arguably 4. But when they remade Resident Evil 1 for the GameCube, they changed some of the rules mm-hmm. of Resident Evil as That's a the first one I experienced is the GameCube. So the remake, it was, it was great because if you didn't dispose of the zombies' bodies after you took them out, they could come back as, uh, I forget what they were called, um, Crimson Head zombies. Mm-hmm. So you had the option of burning their bodies with gasoline, which was limited. So you, you there was you couldn't do you couldn't burn all their bodies, mm-hmm. and if you had left any of the zombies there later in the game, you know because you're you're constantly going back and forth in this mansion. So later in the game, they could just pop up all of a sudden with this red crimson head, and instead of walking at you slowly, they run towards you. Oh wow! And in the GameCube version, unlike the original PS1 version, they can run upstairs. They can I mean they will follow you and run after you. So that was terrifying. And on the subject of Resident Evil, while Resident Evil 4 wasn't too scary of a Resident Evil game, it's more like a fun action game. Later in the game, once you encounter this one enemy called the Regenerator, the whole whole tone of the game changes. Because Mm -hmm. your conventional weapons aren't really good enough to take this thing down. 
Hmm. The first thing that happens when you go into the first room that has a regenerator is the music changes. And from that point on, every moment you go into a new area in this game and then that same regenerator music starts playing, you know, well, shit. And you hear oh, their God. breathing. Yeah, you hear their breathing. It's like this raspy, yeah, this... throaty. But, and it also almost sounds like a child even, too. Ah. It's oh, yeah. creepy. Yeah. And whenever you yeah. shoot it, they make this noise that sounds like they're saying ow and it's the creepiest noise ever oh gosh and you have to you have to use this thermal scope to to shoot at these precise points on their bodies these parasite points to to kill them because if you just shoot them and their legs and their arms I mean they're regenerators so they just regenerate their parts and what's creepy about using a scope to kill something is that sometimes especially whenever you're trying to do something quickly you can't tell the distance exactly how far Mm -hmm. or if there's someone behind you yes so so, good stuff. Yeah. You know. Wow. Well, I I have a couple things to touch on. <laughs> I'll come back to Resident Evil, but going back on um, what Rachel was saying about just you know moments in games um, that really scare you. I remember I used to rent Super Mario sixty four all the time, mm-hmm. and while that game is just so lighthearted and fun. There is certainly the moment where you first go into what's the name of the level, the Dire Dire Docks. The beautiful music, the coolest setting ever. Oh, yeah, totally. And you start swimming underwater in the first level. You swim, swim, swim. You go down there and you see this eel. And the second he starts coming out, it's like, oh, gosh. Because your health bar is probably in the yellow, maybe red. (laughs) And you don't know what you're going to do. So swim up, up, up. I just remember the second I saw that eel, I just freaked right out. I was just like, nope. Nope. Swimming up. He turns, like, red and starts trying to attack you. It's it's. Very. It's very creepy. But I guess specifically, um, I do want to go back to Resident Evil um, because um, this was the first moment that I realized games um, weren't just lighthearted all the time. Because I was used to playing things like Mega Man on <laughs> Super Nintendo or Pokemon. I, I didn't really know the concept of something that was scary. So I remember... Um, and I touched on this. My brother really uh, has influenced me whenever I've been playing games. I'm practically like a small clone of him, my <laughs> older brother. He really got me into video games. And I, I, like I said, I touched base on this like whenever whenever I talked about Knights of Tereskazi, that he would come in from the Air Force on his you know Christmas breaks and he brought his PlayStation. And I, I can't remember if it was the first or second time that he brought his PlayStation 1. That he just looked at me and said, "Do you want to see something really scary?" <laughs> and I was like, "Of course, yeah." I mean, I'm a kid. I, I thought nothing could scare me. So he said, "Okay, all right." And he took he went into his game binder and took out Resident Evil One. He's like, "Are you sure?" And I said, "Oh yeah, I'm ready for this." So he starts playing the game and it initially didn't scare me you know oh you're running away from something whatever you get into this mansion whatever this isn't scary it's just a house (laughs) whatever and he picked Jill I think and the voice acting was goofy you know whatever (laughs) but the second he started walking around he's like oh yeah I gotta get a feel for this because it's a little the controls are weird so you know he's walking around and the first time you you walk into that room and that zombie is eating someone, and it turns around. And it's got, like, these veins popping out of its head. And its eyeballs just look right at you, and it starts coming towards you. I just... It still gives me... No, because I wanted to stay because, you know what? I still wanted to stay tough 
you know, in front of my big brother that I don't see that often. Still gives me chills thinking about that moment. I remember just looking at the television screen and things weren't the same. And this is kind of weird to say, but it gave me nightmares for (laughs) years, years. And it's funny because I remember specifically in my nightmares, um, as I'm dreaming, that my view, what I would be watching was top down. Just like in the game, <laughs> but it would be in my parents' house. Oh. And there would be a zombie slowly walking down the hall, oh. goes into my room, eats my brains. Oh. That's Stop. my dream. Wake up in a cold sweat, freaking out. I would have to sleep in my parents' room on the floor. Oh, but that doesn't help because then I dream it goes into my parents' room. <laughs> oh, no. So that's my experience with scary games. I'm very, I don't want to say I'm like a timid person. But I certainly um, just can't handle scary things um, because of that, mainly, I think. And also, there was one time, a few years later, when I had finally gotten over all these nightmares that Josh, I mean, I'm pretty sure he had brought, I, I probably had PS2 at this point, and maybe, but he brought his PlayStation 1 games, and I had a friend over, and we were staying up late, you know, doing hood rat things. <laughs> and uh, he was there, I guess, on, like, break. And he said, hey, Renee, you guys come in here. And, you know, it was completely dark in our house. Sat down. And he was like, I want you to play this. And he had told me about Silent Hill. Mm. And he handed me the controller. And he said, you're not leaving this room until you play this. (laughs) And I was like, no, no, I'm not doing it. We argued for like 30 minutes. He's like, come on, come on. And I didn't want to look like a wuss in front of my best friend who was over. So I was like, okay, I'll play. And so... I think I got a little past the point where you see, you know, the skinless body. <laughs> Even though the graphics, you know, aren't ba- aren't good for today, it still is just like uh, the freakiest thing ever to see this like skinless body hanging up on a fence. Oh. So anyway, <clears throat> I think I got around to the point where things start attacking you and something about, you know, that you can hear his heartbeat. I can't remember if you can hear it, but... It also, the vibration of the controller starts. Oh, that's fun. Through the DualShock 1. So, those are my experiences with scary games. I don't like to play scary games now. I let Steven do all the playing. She likes to watch scary games. I do like to watch scary games. I can't watch scary movies, though. So, like I said, I mean, Hocus Pocus is... It's cute and fun, but you start talking about, like, Saw to me, and I'm just like, nope, 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 nope. Yeah. Yeah. Smells gory. Yeah, that's They're just gross. gross. Right? Yeah, well, just also, gross. I mean, like just the descent. No. Yeah. Well, that, that's just good. No. Oh, that's scary. We watched that in my horror yeah, film class. It's one of my all-time yeah. favorites. The yeah. trailer used to scare me with those little things that crawled oh. around, and then I watched yes. it, and I'm like, these things look goofy. You ever seen the true ending? No. Yeah, check that out on okay. YouTube. It's <laughs> yeah, good. That's Speaking pretty much me. all I have. So. And then, okay. Did you, Rachel, want to go back to something? Speaking of mansions, Luigi's Mansion, that's another good one. (laughs) Yeah. But, I mean, like, you know, it's not, like, scary, but it is, I mean, you know. There's ghosts. They do, like, pop out at you occasionally, and you're, like, stupid ghosts popping up behind me, stupid. You know what's scary? What's that? How bad Luigi's Mansion 2 is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I couldn't finish it. I wanted to like it, but I couldn't. But, um, John Michael... Could not join us tonight. He was so upset that the Dark Souls 2 beta was postponed that he's refusing to leave his room. That's terrifying, the fact that it didn't work. So he just sent me a message that said he wanted to make known that since he's playing through Dark Souls again, that game is not only scary, but also scary card. 
when yeah. you're going through the dark, you know, and you Blight know, Town. I don't mean, you said when, you, when you're going through like the dark tunnels and you know something's about to come kill you. Yeah. So just turn around and go back to the campfire. That's just it. Don't fight anything. That's something I keep saying. I didn't start. Yeah, you should I'll, totally I'll start it that. soon. You should. It's a perfect Halloween game. Okay. So oh, what about that level in Demon Souls? Which one? They're all like that. Um, <laughs> no, specifically the jail. Oh yeah, the prison level. Yes. That is terrifying. Oh, yeah, you're telling me about there that. There are these. I don't know what these guys are, but they walk around with these bells, and if they see you, they ring these this bell. And if you hear the bell, you know you got to get the heck out of there because you're about to die. And they're just going to shoot some kind of terrible magic at you. And there's all these... And mobilize these... you in order to... Right. Yeah. And in the in the jail cells, there's all these, like... I don't know what they are. These these human humanoid creatures that are just imprisoned. And when they see you, they start worshipping you. And they crowd around you. They don't attack you. Some of them don't. Mm-hmm. So you've got, like, six or seven of these weird gross looking humanoid things that are they're worshipping you and they get in your way when you're trying to run away from the guys with the bells from the guards it's very mm-hmm. frustrating it's terrifying yeah. that, that level is and you is certainly incredible. don't want to kill them I mean well, you feel kind of bad you feel weird them. when you're killing them because they but don't then give again, you any experience and they're not hurting yeah them. they don't give you any experience when you kill them that's the but worst kind of enemy maybe you're yep. setting them free from yeah that's a good way to look that at game, it not so creepy man that game is good <laughs> Demon Souls, oh, Game of the Generation. Know. When are we gonna do that? We're gonna do Game of the Generation podcast. Whenever, probably around Thanksgiving when well, so look, next gen comes out. We'll look for that. Game of generation. We're gonna do a Game of the come Generation that. show. That's good. That's gonna be a hell of a show. Yeah. <laughs> Call of Duty, bro. That's it, bro. Yeah. So we're gonna take a break and discuss more scary things. But when we come back, we'll have uh, you know stuff we've been playing more recently. So stick around, and uh, Game War Express will be right back. Welcome back. Um, Renee, you've hey. been playing a game that was near and dear to my heart when it came out what, 10, 11 years ago. It's very near and dear to mine as well. Kingdom Hearts HD. Yes. Kingdom Hearts 1.5 HD Remake. remix. 3.58 days over to birth, sleep. Go, go ahead. Something. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess... It's also the final mix version, which I believe has all the extra Japanese content that mm-hmm. was in the Kingdom Hearts 1 like final mix, I guess, in Japan. So it'll be nice to see all the extra add-ins that they have. I think there have been some things that have been different already, even though I'm only a few hours into it. But uh, so far, uh, certainly brought back all the nostalgia, you know, just starting up the game. Um, What's the name of that song? The Utada song comes on. Simple and clean. Yeah, simple and clean. It's just like, ah, yes, I'm about to get back into this experience again. Um, Everything looks much cleaner and more beautiful, but it's just as bright and beautiful as I remember it. So I guess if I were to go back and play the PS2 version, I would say, oh, this doesn't look as good as I remember it. But now that I'm playing it, you know, with this, the HD 
it it does look as beautiful as I remember. Okay. So that's really cool. Um, and also, I guess it was around the time where like facial expressions were like just becoming mm-hmm. a thing. Mm-hmm. So like sometimes you'll see Sora's face like way too relaxed for what he's saying, right. and then other times he just looks like too expressive. It's <laughs> Final Fantasy Ten. <laughs> yeah, Final Fantasy X is certainly guilty of that as well. But not guilty of it, but it's just, yeah. you know, you go back and play it and it's like, Titus is saying some pretty serious stuff, but his eyebrows aren't furrowed. He doesn't right. look mad or upset. <laughs> you know, he might be whining, but he's not, doesn't look like he's whining. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I've been enjoying it so far. Uh, same Kingdom Hearts that you might remember. Um, and I... <sighs> I say I remember that, but it might be like when we talked about Pokemon a couple of weeks ago, where it's like you think you remember it, mm-hmm. and then you go back and play it, or you play it again, and you're like, okay, this is kind of like dated. not as good as I remember. Does it seem dated, or... No, I mean, um, like, fighting still fun, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, like the, I like the combos, and the jumping's just a little wacky, like Steven was saying, the platforming elements. Yeah. It's really hard to watch someone play that because the platforming Kingdom Hearts has always been terrible. So and I guess you've been watching her play now a like little bit. Last last week when you were playing Beyond, and she was watching. Yeah, her. and you know it's the ca- it's the camera problems. I was about to ask if they fixed that, but I no, nope. it looks great, but it still has all the problems that Kingdom Hearts always had. And mm-hmm. ultimately, you you overcome that because the game's still fun. But right. Right. yeah, that's just that's rough to watch. <laughs> just those, missing those jumps over and over, <laughs> just you know. Yeah, and it, it doesn't help that I'm playing in hardest difficulty, even though I haven't played this game in you know years and years. Um, I that's just kind of how I like to play video games, though, because even though I'm not the best gamer, um, I really do like to challenge myself when I play video games. Um, and certainly in Kingdom Hearts, I'm playing on the hardest difficulty. I picked probably the the worst way to level up always. That you know you get experience slower, and then it builds up at the end and I also picked the sword which is there's in the beginning you can choose what you want to be the strongest in do you want to have stronger attacks do you want more magic do you want more defense which just ends up equaling just extra items Mm. so um I I picked the sword which is pretty much the crappiest choice so (laughs) what when changing the difficulty what does that reflect like do the enemies take more hits to kill do you have less, less HP um, I think it's that the enemies just are a little bit smarter. Okay. Um, so, and I think maybe you do take a little bit more damage, but don't quote me on that. But mm-hmm. it feel it certainly feels like it because I'm getting hit more and more. Then, I, I don't know, maybe enemies don't stand still for as long right. for you to start the combo on them. They're moving constantly. And right. I guess like the combos are very important. Or I found that in the harder difficulty, more so than what I remember playing on normal difficulty, that I'll be attacking something and I find that... If there are other enemies in the area, they're not just going to stand by. They're going to attack me to knock me out of my combo. Mm -hmm. So, um, I found that in the hard difficulty. Um, And I guess I'm playing the hard difficulty because I never got to see that extra bonus scene at the end. And if you play the hard difficulty, you automatically get that. Whereas if you play on normal difficulty, the only way you can see the extra scene at the end is to go through and get Excalibur, like the ultimate weapon, and go through all the extra stuff. So... It must have. I guess it was Kingdom Hearts two where you had to complete Gemini's Journal for that. I believe I so. Because I was playing on normal. Because I always play my games on normal. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I feel like I have so many games, I just not that I don't like challenge. I just don't like frustration. 
Yeah. So, oh, I like to get frustrated, I guess. <laughs> I learned that if you complete Jimmy's journal, you could do that. And I was like one like time trial away, and then I never got to see it. Maybe I should look on YouTube. Yeah, just go on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the easiest way to see those videos. So, you know. Have you gotten to where you can build your gummy ship yet? I haven't gotten to the building of the gummy ship. I've just gotten to Alice in Wonderland. So uh-huh. I'll probably be playing this game for the next few weeks, um, as long as it you know keeps holds my interest. Right. So it's pretty much all I'm going to be playing, talking about playing. Um, <laughs> but um, I mean, the Alice in Wonderland looks beautiful. You know, I just I love all the colors in that game. It's just mm-hmm. nice and colorful and bright. And, yeah. It looks great in right. HD. It, it, it really does. It's. I'm excited to go back to it because I've played. I don't know how many of those terrible spinoffs there were, but like the main thing I liked about the Kingdom Hearts was it was all in Disney worlds with just some Final Fantasy characters there. Whereas I feel like the spinoffs were more like Final Fantasy e, at least the ones I played. Here's the thing with Kingdom Hearts and why I have such a love hate relationship for the series as a whole. The first one certainly focuses on that Disney, you know, partnership that they have. Mm-hmm. And while they are still building their own original characters, and they've got the Final Fantasy characters kind of thrown in there, but honestly, they aren't the biggest deal. Um, just Disney really outshines everything. Right. And in Kingdom Hearts 2, it's like they're taking a moment, and they, they looked at the success of Kingdom Hearts 1, they're like, okay, well, we need to, we're going to see how far we can take this. We need to introduce more characters. We need to build more plot based on our characters. Make you go to all the worlds twice. That was pretty messed up. (laughs) It just uh, really detaches you from what's going on in that game. So I feel like as this series has continued, it's gotten to be less and less about the Disney and more and more about just these original characters, which there are too many of and I don't care about. And honestly, everything is so vague in that story, and especially if you don't play the spinoffs, that you really don't know what's going on. I've been playing the spinoffs, granted, I'm not playing them, like, one after the other. Every time I feel like I play a new Kingdom Hearts game, I have to go read the wiki to remember, like, who the hell is this? (laughs) Whose nobody is this? Whose heartless is this? Whose other self is this? If only we knew someone that, like, knew a lot about Kingdom Hearts (laughs) that could help us out with all this nonsense, because I just, I don't understand any of it. GameWareExpress at gmail.com yeah, is the email address. If anyone out there knows what the hell is going on in Kingdom Hearts, all I know is smack the dude with the key and then keep going. So, you know. And it's beautiful. Right. Pretty game. It's but the story, game. I don't know. I I'm think sure on game trailers, they had like a special like two-hour presentation of what the hell what? is going on in Kingdom Hearts. Get up so to date with Kingdom Hearts. So. I'm sorry, Renee. I, could read, no. I could read the manga. There's a manga. There right? is a manga. Is yes. that, and you know, yeah, that dude. might be more descriptive than the game itself. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. There should be a live-action TV show. I'd what watch that. <laughs> That'd be terrible. If this were the 90s. If it was. If this were the 90s. Well, there'd be an animated series. Exactly. Because everything had an animated series. It's true. So... What I hope for to see in the future of Kingdom Hearts is more of going back to Disney. Because mm-hmm. that's what the first one was about. That's why everyone loves it. That's why everyone was excited about it. I mean, certainly they said, like, oh, it's Final Fantasy and Disney characters combined. And, but playing through Kingdom Hearts 1, you're like, oh, these Final Fantasy characters, while, they're, while cool, doesn't make you feel as excited as seeing these cool right. Disney worlds. I guess if they would have introduce the Final Fantasy world, such as like going through Midgar or something like that. That would be cool, but it's certainly too dark of a setting for mm-hmm. Kingdom Hearts. So mm-hmm. if they go back to Disney, I think that's going to be great. Hopefully they, they will. On the Disney. I mean, there's only been that one 
I guess like pre-alpha build of Kingdom Hearts 3, which did look pretty good. And they Mm -hmm. had the weird like electric light parade train train going fighting the Rock Titan. Uh, Yeah. No, the Rock Titan. But the only thing though is from that little teaser trailer that they put out, um, and it's not even really a trailer, is is just, I'm, I'm really hoping, and this is just like a thing of mine, and I know I probably shouldn't, you know, judge the entire game based off of that. It's just I really hope that it's not sort of that Shadow of the Colossus style, like I have to climb on top of the Titan and, you know, hit it at this certain spot. Like, I don't want to have The to glowing yellow dot yes, on his I shoulder? Do, I do not like that in games. I did not really care for Shadow of the Colossus, as many wonderful things as I've heard about it. I just I just could not get over that, and it was just so monochromatic to me, and, and, and I understand that that was like kind of the atmosphere of the game, but I just couldn't get into that, and I just really hope that I don't see that coming into Kingdom Hearts 3. I it's think... weird. I'm sorry. Going back to just Kingdom Hearts 1's, um, like, the boss I just fought, it's the first boss that you really mm-hmm. fight in Tram... Traverse Town. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a suit of armor where there's two hands and two feet and body, and it very much is like okay, pick off this part first, well, do right. this part next. That's not necessarily like like that's fine, I guess mm-hmm. to me. I think it's more so like the like in Shadow of the Colossus when you had to like climb too on large top of a of scale, it. right? Yeah. I, I think that's that's almost too much. So. And uh, I think that. I think that what they were just showing is they're showing all like the grand scale of things yeah. they can probably do with the PS4 and Xbox One build. It's like, that's what it look is. at all the pretty colors. Look how big this Titan is, and look like circling around it. Maybe, maybe not. But I, I think that they're just kind of showing off because he's swinging at it. He's not really doing any damage, but I think yeah. it's just showing the scale that they can do. I'm hoping that's what it is, and not necessarily that sort of game. And again, that might just be that one boss, and I can get over that, and I can live with it and deal with it. That's not something that I'm gonna you know judge the entire game based off of. Certainly not, because, you know, there are crappy bosses in almost all, every game. You know, you just mm-hmm. get over it and play the game, so. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts 1, their bosses, it seems like those kind of boss battles more took place in the Coliseum, and then, uh, the, I don't want to spoil, but the final boss a little bit was kind of big, uh, and had a wider scale where you would be, you know, around him, and then those, those the ice colossus and the rock yeah. guy mm-hmm. were very much more like it's these large things fighting. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like maybe in Kingdom Hearts 2, they had a lot of main bosses that were large. I specifically maybe remember Mulan, the second time you go through Mulan World, there's a large dragon you had to fight that was mm-hmm. flying up in the mm-hmm. air. Yeah. And actually, that's whenever I stopped playing Kingdom Hearts 2, because I got stuck at that boss. Hmm. Um I don't think I had enough items or I just wasn't prepared for it. And he just... I got stuck there, basically, and I was too stubborn. I was like, <laughs> I've got to beat this thing, but there was no way for me to beat it without like having items and stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Do you still have to take items away from Goofy and Donald? Because they'll use that like as soon as they, you hand it to them. Oh, yeah. Some things <sighs> never change. Oh, <laughs> and... You know, they still like to throw up potions at the same time just to heal you. <laughs> it's like, thanks for wasting two potions to heal me twice. They could successfully sell AI DLC for like $10, $10 to make Donald and Goofy not complete idiots. People would buy that. Let's not give them any ideas. But what else? It's not just the first Kingdom Hearts on that disc, right? What, right. Which ones are all on there? Well, it has the video sequences from the... DS game three six five over three five eight over two three five eight yeah three five eight over two, um, 
It's like redone, right? You were—I mean, you were the one that told me about that. Yeah, like, they're just—just just the no, just the video sequences. So it's not that. the game. It's yeah, just the cutscenes. So the you cut know scenes. what the hell is going on. And then there is the recoded or recoded is on there too. Whatever the, the card one. Yeah, the card. Uh, is that the, rechain of memory? Rechain of memory. Yeah, So that one's on there too, and I'm excited to play that because I didn't get the chance to play through that, and I feel like I was behind in Kingdom Hearts two because I did not play that. Yeah. So cause... I'll be happy if that links anything. Uh, yeah. Good luck. For me, they reference stuff. Cause I played through three fifty eight days over two, and they referenced some stuff in that game as well, and I felt kind of lost. But who doesn't, you know? <laughs> Believe it or not, re, uh, not re-Chain of Memories, but Chain of Memories on the Game Boy Advance was my first experience with Kingdom Hearts. Oh, wow. And I was like, what is this? This is cool. It's Disney and Final Because I, I didn't really know, you know, too much. Of, I, I really only had, like, Nintendos and stuff growing up, and, and I didn't really get the opportunity to really play with the PS2 until years later. And so, since Chain of Memories was my first experience with, the, you know, with the Kingdom Hearts game, um, I remember, like, Oogie Boogie's level... Like, Oogie Boogie seemed big to me on the Game Boy Advance, but then, like you were saying, whenever you go into Kingdom Hearts 1 and you play through and you see, like, I guess, like, you know, the the Ice Titan and stuff, like, how big they are, I was like, wow, okay, this game is, like, pretty mm-hmm. big. And, you know, it, I, I will say, like, in Rechain Memories, which was the PS2 release of Chain of Memories, that kind of fixed that for me. Because, you know, it's on the Game Boy Advance screen, you gotta cut it some slack. It's not gonna mm-hmm. seem, like, as colossal as... It could be, so... Yeah. I'm excited to, to see that, too. Mm-hmm. Start playing that. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of games I'm <laughs> playing right now. Just add it to the backlog. But at least I've played it once. Ten I years recommend ago. just starting it up and playing through that beginning sequence. Okay. See where it takes you, because, I mean, it's beautiful. Yeah. So it'll be just like you remembered it Back from then. then so. Awesome. Um, Rachel... Yes. Rachel's been playing a different kind of RPG, I right, Rachel? I've been playing a different kind of RPG. Okay, so um, I like to play a lot of like text-based RPGs and and just kind of like little things on the on the computer, things you can get on the internet. Nothing too spectacular. Um, I, I have had grown up with some text-based RPGs, um, you know, when I was little, and I found recently found uh, found out about Zork. Which used to be called Dungeon Online, and I play that a lot. It's quite fun if you're into text-based RPGs. Which I'm not, so tell me so, why I should be. Um, well, and I mean, it's honestly, if, if, if text-based RPGs aren't your thing, then you're probably just not going to like it. That's the way it is. Should it's, I go north, south, or Dennis? <laughs> it's uh, north, south, east, or west, and you can like go into a house, get some armor, and you fight stuff. It's it's really. Like, I don't know, it's, it's just, like, basically a standard text-based RPG, and I, don't know, I like them. Um, but I've also been playing uh, a game called Candy Box, um, which is just another one of those kind of on-the-computer, all this different, like, not, like, code, but different little, like, symbols and stuff that, like, spell out different things. You have a little map, and you, you go and you, you get candies, that's your currency, and lollipops and things like that, and you Cute. regenerate. It is, it's, it's really, really fun. Um, I beat Candy Box 1 uh, last month, and I have somewhere over, like, 10 billion lollipops. <laughs> so, <laughs> actually, I, like, my, my team at work kind of called me out on, on cheating in that game, but I personally don't feel this is cheating. Um, the final boss in Candy Box, spoilers for anybody who's going to go play Candy Box, um, is the developer. 
who made Candy Box. The original one. The, yes. The, okay. in the, well, he also made Candy Box, too. I mean, but, the final boss. Yes. The final box is the developer. Um, so you go through like the little dungeon, and your little guy's moving, and you're fighting all sorts of different enemies that you fought throughout the entire game, and your, your health's getting really low. But the the like how you beat the developer, you have to type in a random key on the keyboard, and that's how you win. You just have to guess the right key. Um, so I decided that I didn't feel like doing that. So I pulled up a JavaScript console on the computer, and I typed in a couple things throughout his code to figure out what I was supposed to type in, and then I beat him that way. But I feel personally that if you're going to beat the developer, why not use his own code against him? It's true. So, you know, that's... Now you're thinking with portals. Now. <laughs> um, but no, Candybox 2 just got released maybe a few weeks ago. And it is so much bigger than Candy Box 1. It looks awesome. And you have like a whole giant world map and a village. And you go in and get your sword. Don't you kill llamas or something in that game? You don't. You well Camels? Okay, okay there is a desert level and you do kill camels. I said camels. Um, oh. Well, in the first game there was a forest level and you killed trees. So, <laughs> um, were, they, were they lollipop trees? No, they were trees, but they did give you candies. Okay. Um, Candy trees. The uh, the one of the final bosses in the first game was a whale, and he used his tail as a weapon. <laughs> so it's it's cute stuff like that. I I I enjoy them. They're just good, you know, to have up in your Google Chrome while you're doing something else, and then you go back and check it and kind of play a little bit, and then just go back and do something else. So that's really what I've been playing. Nifty. I watched uh, Giant Bomb play that on their Unprofessional oh, Friday yeah? segment, and I was like, what the hell is this? And then I was completely fascinated by it. They were playing Candy Box, yeah, too. Yeah, it's, it's really, I like... I couldn't stop watching. Exactly. It, it's just something to have open and right. play and put it down and then play a little bit more of. So. Well, awesome. Oh, I forgot. Weekly weekly catch-up. Oh, God. Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Yes, okay. Zombies Ate My Neighbors. Oh, it's, it's Halloween. So, um... <laughs> Did you beat it yet? This no. is your deadline. Jeez, it's been like a month. <laughs> Well, to be mm-hmm. fair, I'm, I'm using a password system. Otherwise, I would probably die a lot of times and be, you know, not here. Um, but I, I'm on level 25. Um, Slowly but surely. There's a giant baby in this level that yeah. I have to beat. Um, yeah. And it took me... I felt like such an idiot today. I beat the level today, but um, I beat it, like, two minutes before my lunch break was supposed to be over. And I don't even count that because, like... I just felt like an idiot because I spent my entire hour today on my lunch break trying to figure out how to beat this one level and it turns out I could have just jumped on these trampolines and gone and gotten the victim that I was supposed to save. So I just feel stupid and (laughs) that game is so great and it's really hard and I know I say that every week but it's really true and if you haven't played Zombies Ain't My Neighbors, go find your best friend and go play that game because it's great. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you'll keep us updated on that. Absolutely. Maybe you'll beat it by the new year. When I beat the game, mm-hmm. I'm going to let everyone know. And, <laughs> you know, it's going to be great. Yeah. Love a party. Well, since Shit. it's... <laughs> since it's uh, Halloween, I finally decided to get around to playing uh, Telltale's The Walking Dead uh, DLC, the 400 Days expansion. It's kind of a bridge between seasons one and season two, or an epilogue of season one, whatever you want to think about it. It, uh, if you haven't played The Walking Dead yet, Telltale's The Walking Dead, you should. Uh, you know, I've played some of it. It's really good. You fell asleep near the end. I fell asleep playing it because I was tired. Episode the best one. I think I beat that. 
I don't remember. With the dinner? That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to start mm-hmm. over okay. the whole thing. Okay. Just, I, I have a played it disc either. now. So. But I highly recommend it. it was you played on the Vita. You could. Mm. And on your iPhone and on your computer and on everything. Can you play it on the Wii U? No. No. Oh. Oh, well. But um, I beat that game in December yeah. of last year. So it's been a while. So I finally got around to playing 400 Days. And I got to say, it it reminded me how why I love that game so much. It makes you make choices that make you feel like a terrible, terrible person. But the story's just so good. In this one, they introduce you to five new characters and kind of have like 15 to 20 minute kind of vignettes. Just kind of establishing who they are, getting a little bit of background. And then after you play all five of their stories, there's like a an epilogue of the epilogue that kind of brings them all together. Which I guess will lead you forward into season two. Which just uh, on Tuesday, they released a teaser trailer for season two. So I, uh, I'm i excited for that to come out. I am also still want to play uh, their uh, new game, The Wolf Among Us. I've heard great things. I just need to get around to that. And then keeping up with the DLC train, I've been playing End uh, of the Dominatrix, which is Saints Row 4, Saints Row 3 DLC. I kind of talked about it last week, how it was originally supposed to be Saints Row 3 DLC until it kind of just that got scrapped and they just turned it into Saints Row 4 but this is kind of like the deleted scenes blooper reel behind the scenes documentary of Saints Row 3 that kind of have have it set up so they without spoiling any of Saints Row 4 basically Kenzie's like hey boss we found all of our deleted scenes from (laughs) Saints Row 3 and Jane Valderrama the reporter lady from that series wants to interview us so the whole, I guess, narrative or their excuse to like not finish this DLC is them kind of doing like a interview, kind of like a, I guess, for her talk show, and just like, hey, remember when we did this crazy mission? Roll the clip, and then you play like the unfinished mission. <laughs> that kind of doesn't make sense, but they try to tell you kind of what's going on, I guess, because they already had it built until they scrapped it. <laughs> so it's okay. There's uh, way too many bugs. I jump up with my superpowers and like the, the map disappears and I reappear somewhere else and that's not huh. a superpower. That's oh, weird. Wow. They could just blame it on that's how the simulation works because that's been their excuse the whole time. But there's no Wub Wub gun, which what? is my favorite gun in the Everyone game. Everyone loves that. <laughs> and after playing Grand Theft Auto V and going through that city, you load this up and it's like, what is this piece of garbage? Yeah. But it's still super fun. Uh, I like it just because of the crazy zany superpowers, but I think I'm more excited for the Christmas DLC just because it's called the Saints Save Christmas. It's it's strange that since Grand Theft Auto came out, how the conversation has just been lost on Saints Row as a franchise. Mm-hmm. As, you know, it's just, it seems like last last time around when Saints Row Third came out, people were talking about that game the whole year, and now mm-hmm. it's just nothing. So. I mean, it came out a month before GTA, but yeah. like some people played it. Some people didn't, and everybody was just kind of on the most, GTA hype train. Yeah, most people didn't. Right. So it's, and it was the best one in the series, in my opinion. Yeah. So we'll see. They, I definitely think they're in the need of a reboot, and I think they've said that, and they kind of set them up at the end of Saints Row 4 where they could do that, but we'll see how that goes. But that's pretty much all I've been doing. I've been chipping away at Pokemon still, as I think most of us yeah. are. And I started playing Batman Arkham Origins, but I'm only about an hour in, so I think I'll save that for next week. I feel like I don't have a firm grasp of that game yet. Initial impressions aren't good, though. 
We played Lego Marvel some more. Oh yeah, Rachel joined me in some Lego Marvel. Did yeah. you like that at all? Well, okay. I, I actually I had high expectations. It's a Lego game. For, <laughs> yeah. No, because... time to lower your expectations. <laughs> well, not not like I mean like I wasn't expecting it to be like game of the year, best game. But I mean like I expected it to be you know cutesy and, and fun. And honestly, I I didn't really enjoy it that much. It I think what it was was that like the split screen thing that John Michael and Adam touched on last week was a little bit too much for me. You saw us talking about when I was Spider-Man uh, swinging was around. so bad. And the camera is bad. And the voice acting's not good. And what else was it that I just really did the not... The level we played had really poor conveyance. Oh yeah, the, the conveyance in that game is just like... You have in, no idea where like, you're supposed to go. Twice I just had to look it up. Right. You're supposed to like go on opposite ends of the map and stay on these switches that they don't point out at all to See, open the door. See, if you guys yeah. would have bought the strategy guide, <laughs> you would have figured this out. So yeah. You're just missing the piece of the puzzle. That's you just it. have to buy the book. That's it. I think Renee touched on that last week too, just with Lego games in general. They just don't have very good conveyance and... I, I, I really only remember ever playing Lego Indiana Jones, and I played that entire game in a bush, because you can pick up bushes, That's and cool. you can carry them around on you, so I played like basically the entirety <laughs> of that game in a bush, so I was only playing that for funsies, and I didn't really remember anything about the Lego series, but I just, I don't know, I was kind of a little bit disappointed. Maybe I shouldn't have had as high expectations as I did. I think the only reason I'm enjoying it so much is this is the first game in a while like in the Marvel universe where all the characters are together. Yeah. Uh, I guess since like what Ultimate Alliance which I never played or yeah. Marvel Heroes. Marvel Heroes. Mar- hey you can it's free to play right? Yeah. yeah. You should jump in that. Yeah I heard like it's fun. Black Panther or Hawkeye or like the yeah, thing. Yeah that's true. I spent $20, $20 on Spider-Man and spent $20 more on this cool outfit. They keep sending me emails because um, I, I signed up and installed the game, but I actually never played it. I installed and, it on Steam, but I haven't. <laughs> yeah, so they sent me an email and they said, Steven, we noticed that you've actually never played the game that you installed, <laughs> so why don't you come and join us? But I, I don't know, I've been busy. You know. Right. Maybe I'll check it out one day. And I, I feel like it's lost some of its Lego charm because they talk, and yeah. that's weird, so yeah. why not just make a regular-ass game? Well, they, they focus-tested this with kids, and kids prefer Lego games where the talk. Lego characters talk. And that's this, this so ultimately true. is aimed at children, you guys, You're so right. they've true. got to play to their target market, and that's, well, that's why they talk. I don't know how kids figured out to stay on those two switches. Black but, Widows, right. like... Like, whenever Black Widow jumps up and she lands on something, she goes, ooh! And it's, like, the most It sounds like Serena noise. Williams at, like, Wimbledon. <laughs> nice. It's really bad, and I just I just can't listen to that for, like, more than 30 minutes at a time. And it has that problem where they have, like, one catchphrase to oh, save for any over. time. Over. One of the Spider-Man games did that recently. <laughs> I don't remember what he said, but it was never funny the first time. Right. I think it was the one where Neil Patrick Harris was the voice actor. Oh, was that Shattered Dimension? Maybe. And he just kept saying the same thing <laughs> over and over. It, it was bad. Every time you die in Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, when Sonic starts up in that shuttle, and when he goes, this is the ultimate. I watched you play that level like <sighs> yeah. five times in a row. That was the final boss, because yep. the camera was so terrible this on that I remember that. Yeah. Damn bridge. Yep, it's really bad. I wonder if Black Widow's voice actor is the same as it is for like the cartoons and like other games that she's in because one of my favorite voice actors mm. Laura Bailey who's the mm. voice of Reese and Catherine with the C okay. mm-hmm. um, she does uh, Black Widow's voice I think for some stuff so. I looked it up because like I said I've been watching Earth's Mightiest Heroes the cartoon from a few years ago 
and it has all their voice actors and then they came out with Avengers Assemble yeah. which is supposed to be more like the movies or the movie and they all have completely different voice actors wow. between the two Avengers shows so I'm not sure That's maybe it is I'm not sure because they're the voice actors actually Laura Bailey is the voice actor of Black Widow on In the like game yeah. Oh, yeah. I just checked that and John DiMaggio is Galactus. So, but yeah, her voice is, See, I haven't really heard it does her it sounds voice. nothing like Rise or C. Catherine. So, right. she's just that good. It's, <laughs> it's it's really not so much her actual voice, it's just that grunting noise that she makes whenever she lands <laughs> on something because it's every single time she lands on something, not just, you know, every once in a while. It's like every time I jump up or climb a ladder onto the next platform show, it goes, ooh. <laughs> and I'm just like, I just am so tired of hearing this. So, that's all. It's, I mean, other than that, like, I mean, it's it's okay. It's do you want to keep playing it with me, or do you want me to go on without you? No, I, I think I would probably like to give it another chance. You if, guys. You like Holt Smash. This, What's up? I'm, I'm looking at the voice actor. It's an all-star team. Cast list. Is it? I know. What's his name? Is J. Jonah Jameson. Okay, yeah, you're right. Is it, what, Troy Baker? No. Well, Troy Baker is in this game. Yeah, Who is he? He's, he's Loki and Hawkeye. What? Steve Bloom, he's in the game. He's that's my uncle's name. Wolverine and Green Goblin. Uh, you've got Travis Willingham as Thor. Uh, you've got Stanley, of course, himself. Phil Lamar as War Machine. You love Phil Lamar. Uh, Nolan North, Deadpool and Green Goblin. So he's Laura replacing Bailey. himself as Deadpool again. Yeah, I mean, anyone who is a voice actor in our industry is in this game. That's so. Laura Bailey. That's great. They even got. Um, Oh, well, I couldn't find them. That's okay. One of my girl crushes. <laughs> Jeffrey she Combs. She can go from being cute to sexy and like... <laughs> they got some good good voice acting talent in this game. We so. were right next to Troy Baker when we went to see the infamous two demo. That's true. I had no idea who that dude was. He's a beautiful he man. He is. got gorgeous blonde hair. Because we were watching the infamous two gameplay and there's this part where he the character jumps up right. and zooms around his face. Looks Second just song? like him. Yeah. Just, just and like it's like, you look, and... There he is. There, there he is. is. Right there. Yeah. So I had no idea that I was didn't him. Even, like, I didn't recognize him, and then, like, I went back, and I was like, oh my god, that was Troy Baker. Oh my god. Like <laughs> Speaking of Persona 4, I didn't realize he was the voice of Kanji. Yep. Yep, so... You yeah. saying I like dudes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was, like, freaking out when I realized who that was. I was like, oh my god, he was right there. I was, like, having a little bit of a fangirl moment. Want him to you sign my leg. <laughs> because yeah, so he's here. always at Bring my copy of Catherine. Next Funny, time. I saw Kyle Abair, who is also a famous voice actor at E3. In the cafeteria. <laughs> Whoa, Kyle Abair. We were just walking like, hey. through the cafeteria. And he's Eating there. the overpriced pizza? Probably. I saw Mini Me in the cafeteria at E3 2011. Was he on his little car? Yeah, little scooter. Yeah. I saw Jonathan Davis corn once at E3. <laughs> and Sinbad cut me in line at a merchandise booth in 2003. And he didn't pay for his shirt. So Sinbad went You good, Sinbad. You on me. He didn't have to pay. I had to pay for my shirt. Sinbad didn't have to pay. So You should ask Sinbad if he would have paid for your shirt. I don't think he would have talked to me. Probably not. I was just some guy. <laughs> I wasn't Sinbad. So. <laughs> on that note, we're going to take our second break. Um, Steven, did you have anything? I've been playing Vita games because the Vita is a system you should own. Uh, I love the Vita for its small, fun, downloadable titles. So I, I just bought Proteus today, and I haven't played it enough to mm-hmm. talk about it. But that game is beautiful. I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm just walking around this place, and it's beautiful. 
Um, but all week I've been playing Hotline Miami, which is free to download right now on PlayStation Plus. And I think, honestly, I think the Vita is the best platform to play that game on. Um, That's what we talked about last week, John. Yeah, I'm really enjoying it. That game's crazy. Uh, I don't know where the story's going, but nothing feels right. I like a video game that just everything feels wrong. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure eventually, uh, once I get further in the game, I'll uh, figure out what, what's actually going on with that. And still plugging it away at um, at Beyond. Right. You know, I'm, I love it more. So, beat every, I think we're no, almost we're almost there. And it's such a great game. Mm-hmm. Play it. Everyone that liked Heavy Rain or even Halfway liked it should give Beyond a shot. It's like the third time I've plugged this game, I think. <laughs> I promise I do not work for that studio, but uh, I enjoy playing the game. It's really good. So. I'll get around to it after I play Demon Souls and Dark Souls and Kingdom Hearts <laughs> and finish yeah, Pokemon a lot of games and to play. Batman and Link Between Worlds comes out. Mario three D World. Mario three D comes out soon, yeah. and I'm still playing through Phoenix Wright three and and we Grand um, Theft Auto five and there's a lot of games. Yeah, there's yeah, games. and it's only gonna get worse. Well, you know, look at the upcoming lo- lineup of games. There are a lot of games coming out, but there aren't a lot of games that I necessarily feel like I have to play. That's true. So, I mean, next gen's coming out soon, but I really only care about Knack and I guess kind of Assassin's Creed. Right. And check out Resogun. I gotta, I gotta play the new Monster High game. That's available. <laughs> that came out. So, ah yes. I need yes. to. It's available in so many formats. I don't know which version I'll play. Probably the original Wii version. That's it. I think that's the one to go for. So, and we played some other games, uh, you know, but maybe we'll talk about that in the next Yeah, one. we went and checked so. out the Xbox One tour, so um, we'll, we'll talk about that after the break. Yeah. Let's, re, let's regroup, let's figure out what, how we're going to attack that, and we'll be right back with Xbox One Talk right after this. Last Friday was it Friday? It was was, Friday. It was Friday. Xbox One was on tour. What? And came to LSU. (laughs) That's awesome. So anyone where went and played Xbox One? Why didn't the whole town come and see Xbox One on tour? It's free. It was free. They were at a Walmart the next day. They were. Like there probably were thousands of people lined up to try the hottest, latest new video game. (laughs) I took lots of sexy photographs. We did take. We took a lot of pictures as a group. We got X boned all afternoon. (laughs) It was awesome. So at our location, because it's going on nationwide, and there are a bunch of different tour trucks and buses, and the little tour truck we had only had three games. That's true. Yeah. It had Killer Instinct. Uh, FIFA 14 and Forza Motorsport 5. Yeah. So, Steven, did you like any of those games? They, you know, they looked really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, for, I'm not, Forza's a great series. I, I prefer, as for racing games, I like more action-oriented racing games. Like, I like your F-Zeros and your Burnouts and your Wipeouts. But I can certainly understand the appeal of a game like Forza. And it looked awesome on Xbox One. The frame rate was solid 60 frames per second. Um, like I said, the graphics are great. I love the in-car view. I am terrible at Forza. I suck at that game. So I am like peeling out on on 
you know, I guess on all the turns, I'm going too fast, and I'm I'm just not a good racer. Uh, but it looked good, and I didn't play FIFA, but it looked okay. Honestly, I didn't think it looked much better than or I any different. It, than, it looked a little prettier, I guess, a little more polished. And I mean, that game the, looks good anyway. So they have that new ball physics thing I read about. Where you can't just like point the joystick and pass, just have automatically like pass it somewhere. Well, want, if his momentum's carrying him one way, what if I want that? Well, then you play. Oh, I'm just gonna play the, FIFA 12. Play the Legacy Edition on PS2 from Europe or Vita. Or play Vita. the yeah. So, so Killer Instinct. Right. Ah, you know that game. It's like I, okay, I was playing it and I'm pretty good at it all of a sudden. Even though I have you know I've never played it before. Um, it seems like anyone can pretty much. Look like they're awesome. Just press the buttons fast. Yep. But I'm doing like a 25 hit combo, and it does five percent damage to the other guy. I the don't damage know. Damage scaling is really bad in that game. It's really low, and it just takes forever for those fights. I don't know if they're going to tweak that between now and launch. I, probably because this is just an early demo build. But it really did take too long to get through a fight. And then every time I did a combo, half the damage would be recovered mm-hmm. by the time I got my combo finished. And I don't know. I'm not the biggest fan of the. the Graphics, the style, style of the characters—they look okay. Mm-hmm. The game itself, it's—I um, think it's running 720p. Yeah, I think and so. I guess the frame rate's probably hovering around 60. It looks okay, but eh, just—I love fighting games, you know, and and really 2D fighting games more than anything. Even though 3D graphics on a 2D plane, you know, I grew up playing Street Fighter and all the King of Fighters games, all the SNK stuff, so. Um, but this game, I, they're going to have to change something with the damage scales. And I, I, I didn't know. like it when I saw it at E3. I didn't like it when they showed it off at Evo. Yeah. I still don't really like it. Right. No. I don't like the, the sales model of it. I don't like the idea of buying... You are Jago. Well, you, everyone gets Jago for free. And then you can pay $20 to get, is it six or eight characters? It's six at launch and then two in the future. I see. That's stupid to me. Just mm-hmm. sell me a game when it's done. Mm-hmm. Don't I don't want to buy a season pass subscription to a fighting game. That seems to be the Xbox One in general. Sell me a console when it's done. Well, you could say that about PS4 too. Yeah, I'm gonna play devil's advocate on that. So, but this I don't think Killer Instinct needs to be out now. But Microsoft needs a game, right? Mm-hmm. And you could I would argue that Microsoft has a better lineup of exclusive titles compared to as much as I champion the PS4. I agree with that. You know, and there are games I don't necessarily want to play, but they're there. Mm-hmm. Whereas PS4 just has, you know, Knack, I guess, and Killzone. Right. But, you know. Ladies, thoughts? I already shared my thoughts about Killer Instinct. But That's true. <laughs> Rachel's not a fan. I'm not a fan. And um, I like the old games. It's, I mean, okay. It, to be fair, we're talking about good, bad games. So. Well, I still think Killer Instinct <laughs> was a good, good, maybe mid-tier good fighting game. But, yeah. The new one, I don't know. I just, yeah. Nah. Um, as far as the Xbox One goes, the... Trigger thing is cool. The D-pad is better. We're not that far yet. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we will talk about the controller. We're talking about the Xbox One. We're talking about games right now. Okay, all right. Yeah, games. Did you get your hands on anything? I played Forza. Yeah. I drove the mom car. Which one did you drove the Ford Focus? I did. I raced in a Ford Focus. 45 miles an hour in Nurburg. Nurburg. (laughs) I don't think that race was available. But I feel so bad. You were doing great. I was in first you were in place. First place. And then Steven said, hit the select button. So because, I wait, why did I tell you to do that? Because you like. I the, like the in car view, it's superior. And I was like, what? And then and she was in I last got, place. Yeah, last place. <laughs> Sorry. 
I was so upset. Yeah, I was. But in you know, I you know, like you said, the game looked great. It's it, shiny. It, it cards. looks really good. The game's beautiful. Whenever you get mm-hmm. dings on your car, Do you, is there up. damage? Is there physical yeah. damage? Yes. Every time I finish a race, my car was jacked. Up. Oh, that's true. Yeah, my my eight hundred thousand dollar car looked terrible <laughs> by the end of the race. My mom car looked like it had been. That's too funny. One of the things I loved about Gran Turismo back in the day is that you could just drive your car. Like really? my car was in the game. They had like a million cars. I don't know if Forza has does that. I don't know. Or is it just really expensive cars? Well, obviously not with their Ford Focus. Right. <laughs> Maybe it's a deal. With Can you Ford. drive a Prius? Hmm. Silent. Save the Earth. Yeah, it's silent and under four miles an races. hour, right? Sorry. That'd be cool. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I didn't really have any more impressions. Like I watched Killer Instinct, but I'm just not interested in that game and I mean, honestly, I'm not interested in any of the games. There's no games for an A. Not on so. a, not at not at first. Eventually, maybe. Who knows? I okay. don't know. Yeah. And then other Xbox One tours got to play Rise and Dead Rising. We didn't we did get to get play that. those. What's up with that? One of our TVs was busted. It was. Well, someone that we were with um, while we were on the tour mentioned that it just. Well, I guess at Walmart, more children had access to that. But they said since it's on a college campus, bringing in a game that has like guns and stuff like that—that's that. stupid. That's like that the worst. I know, yeah, but so. he said that. But that sounds like he was just saying something dumb. I didn't even say. Okay, well, I mean, I, bringing it up. Yeah, I know. I'm glad you did. I, it sounds like he was just—I don't know—lying. That's stupid. Well, that, in, that was their PR excuse. In, in what in what situation would it be appropriate to play Dead Rising? I mean, would you have to yeah. be at like a strip club when you're an E3 trade show and you have to be 17 with your credentials and that's it? Because other tours did have those games, right? Just yeah. not maybe. I mean, she could have a point. I mean, they're at like they're gonna go. To, well, they were at like the Saints Bills game in New Orleans. Maybe they could play Dead Rising, and they there. were on at other places and malls and stuff. Which I don't think any of those places would be technically be appropriate to play a rated M game. I guess, yeah. but with shooting, right, right, and zombies, and let's stab somebody in the face and rise. Well, they could just change the demo temporarily, where you just hug the zombies <laughs> and just hug them as fast as you can. But uh, okay, so what Rachel kind of started on was Sorry. we finally got our first hands-on. Of the Xbox, well, y'all's first hands right. on the Xbox One controller. Um, Rachel and I got to play with it at E3 some, but when we played at E3, it was really just tech demo showing off all the new cool features. So, Rachel, what's your opinion on the controller? The controller's better than a 360 controller, in my opinion. Well, okay, gotta guys gotta understand. I have little, tiny, small hands, and the 360 controller is too bulky for my hands. It doesn't really fit too comfortably in it. The Xbox One controller fits much more comfortably, I think. Um, I oh sorry. Okay. Uh, the the D pad is like a whole another league above the 360 D pad. Yep. Because it's an actual D pad and yep. not set on top of an analog stick. <laughs> um, I feel like the buttons are better, but maybe just the you know my my 360 controllers have been used and. The buttons have been, you know, kind of mashed in a little bit, so maybe, you know, just feeling it, it, it felt more, like, responsive to click it in, but again, maybe that's just my personal controller, not necessarily the 360 controller as a whole. Um, the thumbsticks seemed tighter. Uh, I actually, like, I did not care for the bumpers at E3, but, you know, now they seem to be... You know, they they made them a little bit smaller, not so so 
high up, I guess. Mm -hmm. And it's easier for me to click those. And the, you know, the vibrating trigger thing is cool. Yay. See, I, I feel like I'm the exact opposite. Almost everything you said. The D-pad is killer. Yeah. The D-pad is really awesome. So I will say, I'll give them props on that. That is a Nintendo D-pad. But maybe because my hands are so much bigger, I feel like when I hold the Xbox One controller, on the 360 controller, my thumbs would fit in the little indentions of the joystick, and it was comfortable, and they sat there. But when I hold the Xbox One controller, the rate or diameter of the circle of the joystick is smaller. So my thumbs don't fit in. It just feels weird. I'm sure it's something I could get used to. It's just playing with the 360 for seven or eight years. It's just something I've grown accustomed to. But the bumpers, in my opinion, are still shit. They are improved from what we played at E3, but yeah. I feel like making them too small is bothering me because the way I hold my controller, maybe I'm just weird, I grip it and I have my you know index fingers on the triggers, but I rest like the bottom part of your finger below the last knuckle on the edge of the bumper. So when I need to bump or something, I just can you know move my finger slightly and not have to take my finger off the trigger. But since it's smaller on the Xbox One controller, that doesn't happen. So then if you bring your fingers up and like death claw it and try to hit the other end of the bumper, it curves up so you can't push it in there either. You right. pretty much have to hit it right in the middle of the button right. or it won't click. And that's say, kind of a nuisance. I will say that I, I do like... Well, okay. I, I think that them moving away from like, I guess like the big giant bulky battery pack in the back is a good thing. But a part of me... Um, like still kind of misses it because because when I hold a controller and I'm just strange I'm always looking for like a Nintendo 64 Z button in the <laughs> back of it like there's always one finger like on the back of the controller when I'm playing um and so like having that that bulky battery pack on the back of the 360 controller was nice because it was something for that finger to touch but now on the newer controllers it just kind of goes in and Oh well. That's how I am. I am so, holding mine right now, and my like birdie finger is just like sitting right, there resting sitting on there it. Just feels for a, a Nintendo good. 64 Z button just sitting in the back. So that that's just how I hold my controllers. And again, I have really small hands, and I don't like, you know, feeling like it's too bulky for me. Well, I think the 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 D pad on the Xbox One uh, for me may be the best D pad I've ever touched on a video game controller. Um, and then the face buttons. They are so responsive. They're mm -hmm. awesome. Uh, so those those two parts of that controller are great. Everything else kind of falls apart. I don't care for the analog sticks. I really don't like the bumpers because where my fingers rest naturally, that's not a pressable area on mm -hmm. the bumpers for the Xbox One controller. I've got to move them uh, further away from, from a natural location for me to be able so to So you're on the those. other side than me, yeah. towards the inside, and you can't click exactly. the you just up. You cannot press the buttons towards the, the, the... You can't press the bumpers towards the inside of the controller. You have to move your fingers on the outside. Um, and then the I guess the, the shoulder buttons were okay, the triggers. The triggers weren't bad. I really like the rumble, and the controller itself feels really good. But mm -hmm. um, I, the analog is a little disappointing, but the D-pad and the face buttons, they that really impressed me. It was awesome. So, and then, are any final thoughts on Xbox One? Does it make you want one more? Does it make you want one less? Or are you still just eh? Yeah, it's all about software. It's mm -hmm. it's always always been about software. And um, but lately, it's been uh, you know about just Microsoft's uh, stances on things, and not just things like DRM. Really, ever since 
ever since they focused on on Connect, I, they just haven't resonated with me mm-hmm. uh, as far as their first party titles. You know, I buy a console for the first party titles. That's why I've, I've been playing Nintendo games since I was a little kid, and Sony, uh, you know, PlayStation since they came out. I've always enjoyed their first party offerings. So Microsoft really had a lot of great first party games on the original Xbox and for maybe half the generation on 360. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, arguably, if you're a big Gears of War and Halo fan, you were probably happy, or, or Forza, you were probably happy with the 360 for the entire you know, span of that console. But for me, once the Kinect was introduced, it seems like Microsoft just lost interest in pursuing uh, interesting first-party games. So for me to be on board with Xbox One, they're going to have to start making video games again. And I don't see it happening. At least not the games I play. That's, so. that's how I felt because I agree with you 100%. And I guess I never realized it. It was pretty much when the Kinect was released because I always liked my shooting games and my driving games on my 360 just because the triggers were better yeah. than the PS3. But now the only thing I'm really playing on that system is third-party multi-platform games I could have gotten on my PS3. Like Batman. Yeah. Or whatever. No, Batman had on PS3. Like Grand Theft okay. Auto, Saints yeah. Row. Oh, right, right. Stuff like that. So um, to counteract that point, since we're talking about controllers, I got me... A DualShock 4 in stock. You done got you a DualShock 4. I done got 4. me a DualShock 4. That's a purdy controller. So we've been uh, messing around with that tonight. That's it. That is the DualShock 4. You've heard it here first. Yeah. How, what did you say? We've all there, messed so? around with mm-hmm. it, right? Impressions, thoughts? Who wants to go first? You know, I really, it's funny about like impressions about controllers because I can't really give you my impressions on a controller until I've played a game right. that I really enjoy and that I'm really I know how to play mm-hmm. like with the Xbox One controller I couldn't um, I don't know I can't really give you my impressions on it because I didn't not that I didn't enjoy the game that I was playing but it's not my kind of game like I'm just like a foreigner picking you can't really compare kind of feeling with it yeah um, but uh, you know, I can't really give impressions on this controller because I, I haven't really played with it, but it seems really cool. Um, there are a couple things I don't like about it, just the shininess. I'm not a fan of shiny so the whole plastics. Con- I like matte, but, you know, it it feels good in my hands, I guess, And but I can't really pass final judgment until I play something with it officially. The whole controller itself is matte, except where the D-pad and the face buttons yes, are. It's shiny. And that's the first thing Rachel pointed out when yeah. I gave it to her, and it just that's where your fingers are, and that's where you're gonna leave fingerprints. It's so that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Seems like ever since the Slim PS2 had that weird half the system was matte, half yeah. the system was gloss. All the console <laughs> manufacturers have been obsessed with doing both at the same time. PS2 was so popular, I figured that was it. I mean, just half give me half gloss. Give me the whole thing being matte. I don't need any glossy part. Yeah, I don't. So. Yeah. I, w- I hooked it up to my computer and played uh, Super Puzzle Platformer Deluxe with it. Good and, choice. And Dive Kick. And it felt good. I liked it. Um, the triggers are infinitely better. That is an understatement. Like, compared to the PS3 controllers, these things are like heaven. Not as good as the Xbox controllers. Either th- I mean, the triggers, either the 360 or the Xbox One, but they're very close. And the buttons are more clicky. The controller is wider. So a lot of people had the problem with when they put their joysticks together. I mean, when they're holding the joysticks and they moved, you know, the left one into the right and the right one to the left, their thumbs would hit each other. I never had that problem, maybe because I held my controller weird, but a lot of people complained about that. So it's a little wider apart, so it feels a little better. The joysticks have a little 
concaveness to them, so kind of indentations you can put your thumb in. And the uh, grips are a little at a better angle and a little longer, so it feels a lot better in your hand. Like, I was sitting there just clicking the trigger, clicking the buttons, and it's just a huge improvement compared to the PS3. So now I have no problem getting a shooting game on that or getting a driving game on that where I have to use the triggers a lot and it not feeling like a marshmallow. So uh, hopefully uh, we can have better impressions once games come out, but uh, I like it a lot so far. Rachel says the Super Nintendo is the best <laughs> controller ever. It is, you guys. I, I don't I don't know how you guys feel. Or even if you have a favorite controller map out. Kind of like do. the Saturn with the six face buttons. <laughs> do you like the big giant bulky Saturn? Like no, not the Knights one? controller. Not the okay. 3D controller. I mean, it's okay. But I, I really like a, a, a gamepad with six face buttons. Mm-hmm. That's why when Mad Cats put out their, um, their fight pad mm-hmm. oh, yeah, forward, yeah. with the six face buttons, I love that. That's I wish every controller... PC, right? Yeah. yeah, I wish every controller had the six. Sega six Genesis, face- yes, eventually, right? eventually had six. And if you played any Sega Genesis games that supported six button mode mm-hmm. but only had a three button controller, yeah, you had to press start at to the switch top them. to switch. Okay. So well, weird, yeah. actually, actually, to bring up Zombies and My Neighbors again, guys, um, that actually does have six button map. Like it, it's it's compatible with that, um, but in order to do with like a three button controller, all you have to do is just hold down one and then just switch like that. You don't have to press start, um, but it's it is, like it's the same concept, uh, but I, I, I like the Super Nintendo controller, it's rounded to fit the, you know, indentions of my palms, and it's the perfect size for my hand, and it's the right amount of buttons, controllers now have way too many buttons, <laughs> and I don't need to press that many buttons to play a video game, so that's, that's all, I shouldn't need to. Ray, do you have a favorite controller? I don't know. Hmm. You love the the wireless Logitech controller on PS2. Yeah, I, I would say that is maybe my favorite. I mean, I really like Super Nintendo, and I like N64's controller. I love I the GameCube too. controller. I, I get slack from that, but the GameCube controller, yeah. I never, ever had to look down and figure out which button I was supposed to be pressing. Yeah, just the giant A button on it, and everything circled around it. So. Yeah, see, I didn't like the GameCube controller, but I actually do agree with you. I liked the N64 controller, even though it had an extra It was weird. Handle. It was for aliens with I three liked arms. It. Do you ever play GoldenEye with two controllers? <laughs> I heard you can do that, yeah. but I've not. I've never done that. Yeah, you can do that. <laughs> I don't know, something about just like, I don't know, not necessarily like making a grip, yeah, but just, just having your hands near one another. On it, it gives you choice, however yeah, you want to hold the exactly. controller. Everyone's different, everyone's unique. Exactly, mm-hmm. and... It's better than the Dreamcast controller. Like, the Dreamcast controller is, like, my least favorite controller of all time because the the wire is on the bottom of the controller, and I understand that they had to have that slot for, you know, the little video thing. The VMU. The VMU that, that went inside the top, and I get that, but the controller wire is on the bottom. So when you plug it into the Dreamcast, that's a whole controller length of wire that you're wasting. Because yeah. the controller <laughs> wire is on the bottom of the controller. It's just the worst design yeah, of all I th- time. I think I had extension cables on yeah. my Dreamcast because of that reason. You wasted <laughs> so much wire just playing your game, not even doing anything. Plus, those wires were short anyway. They, they weren't were. very long. Even the Super Nintendo has yeah. short wires. Yeah, but that was back when you had your little TV you had to sit up on to see. Now we have giant TVs. Yeah, exactly. so That's true. Wireless is I the had an extension cable for the N64. So. Yeah, I need one of those. 64 hooked up to the big TV. And in Japan, the Super Nintendo, the, the Super Famicom controller wire is even shorter. 
than it is in America. But well, Japanese apartments are small. So. But yeah. the buttons are colored. That's so, true. you know, yeah. trade-offs, yeah. priorities. <laughs> they're colored in America, too. They're just colored gray and they're purple. gray and purple. So they're not Still get rainbow. colors. <laughs> okay, that's enough controller talk for this week, guys. <laughs> so, um, for the record, I kind of like the Dreamcast controller. <laughs> I know, I'm weird. I know. It's not a, I know it's not a good controller, but I kind of like it. You can play it. games on your memory card. Yeah. Well, I never did that. <laughs> Um, Stephen, do we have any news this week? No. No. Yeah, no, we do have some news, actually. Okay, what do we have? Um, so new consoles are coming out soon. Yeah, They are. Yep. But they're not going to come with all the features you wanted. No. Sorry. Well, the PS4 will have... They're both... PS4 and Xbox One, they'll both have a day one patch. Of course. PS4's day one patch you can download right now if you want. So you can put it on flash drive. But unfortunately, the PS4 will not feature its sleep resume mode. So you won't be able to put your games to sleep like you can on your favorite handheld systems. And that was weird. That was one of the first things they announced for PS4 was that you'd be able to do that, but you won't really be able to do it at first. So also the PS4 won't be able to play uh, MP3s. Sorry. So if you wanted to play all your Lincoln Park songs while you're playing your favorite PS4 games, you're going to have to subscribe to Sony's Music Unlimited service. Oh, those bastards. I know. They always you know, get you. Now I'll tell you what, if you're, a, if you're a PlayStation Plus subscriber, we're going to give you a little discount on that. So you, oh, can get, you can get Music Unlimited for about $40 a year. And I guarantee you, you're going to waste more money on things you don't need. You might as well just buy Music Unlimited. So 50 for PS Plus to give me the discount for Music Unlimited, which 40, is 40. Only $40 a year. That's less than $100 a year. Yeah, it is less than a million dollars a year, too. <laughs> so you're saving money. Um, so, and Yoshida has said that he has responded. He's going to listen to the feedback. Because this just came out. This news came out Thursday of this week. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone's upset. And he, Yoshida has said that he's going to listen to the feedback and forward that information to the PS4. Uh, development team so maybe they'll change it maybe they won't I don't know anyone that subscribes to Music Unlimited but then again I subscribed to the Zune music service <laughs> for a few years so I'm kind of weird to, to do that there are people out there because there's you so. right there's at least me um, we, we found out that Titanfall definitively and this is uh, this is big news it's, it is definitively only going to be available on Xbox One Xbox 360 and PC so it's exclusive to just those three formats at okay. least for the longevity of this original title. Um, what does that mean? Well, it could mean a few things. And I, I know I've thought long and hard <laughs> about this. I've spent many hours thinking about Titanfall and what systems it's going to be I know, on. I've woken up at 4 in the morning. Stephen, what are you doing? Cold sweats, <laughs> just writing notes about Titanfall. Um, so it's the only thing I can think about. And here, here's my... This is what I came up with. Okay, so if the original Titanfall was ever going to be on PS4, it would have to be some kind of... Game of the Year edition, some kind of revised version, HD HD version, <laughs> but the uh, the original SKU Titanfall as a game will not be available on PS4. Now sequels will, but not the original game. Well, because the verbiage uh, was it Zampella? Yeah, it, he used was it's going to be exclusive for the life of the title. Right, life of the title. What is title? Is that Titanfall one or is that the Titanfall I mean, series? It could be so, any, it could be anything. Purposely vague. It could just be SKU. Sure. So they could just change the box art and release a PS4 version in November if they wanted to. So I still have my copy of Bioshock that says only on Xbox. Yeah, only on Xbox. So, so yeah, that never really means anything. Um, switching gears, Call of Duty Ghost has been confirmed to run 1080p uh, native on PS4. Uh, on Xbox One, it'll run 720p upscaled to 1080. 
so whatever, who cares? I'm sure it'll look the same, similar. And it's going to sell so many copies. Yeah, people like no one's going to care. No one's going to care, but it's interesting that it's 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 fanboy flame bait, right? It really is. And then Battlefield, they were talking about the technical aspects of Battlefield 4 on those systems as well. And again, the PS4 version ran in a slightly higher resolution than the Xbox One version. Mm-hmm. But they both have a pretty stable frame rate, close to 60 frames per second. But that's technical, boring stuff. So um, let's see, what else do I have? GTA 5 has shipped almost 30 million copies to stores. That's crazy. That's a lot. Because I think Grand Theft Auto 4 sold 25 million over its lifetime. This is already shipped. 30. Shipped 30. So maybe maybe for Christmas they will uh, sell some of those. But I'd say the next five years, those 30 million copies will be sold. Oh, granted, yeah. That, that won't be an issue. Um, I saw Ed Boon today had tweeted that there may, or he's teasing uh, Shaolin Monks HD for all the Mortal Kombat fans out there. And if you haven't played Shaolin Monks, it's one of my favorite Mortal Kombat games. But it's. It's just a beat 'em up game. I was about to say, is that the sides? Uh, it's not side scrolling. No, it's you're thinking of Mythologies, okay. which was terrible on N64. Okay. But Shaolin Monks was a PS2 original Xbox game where you played as Liu Kang and Shao Kahn, and you went through the stories of Mortal Kombat, and you just beat up guys. It's like it's like a little <laughs> brawler game, but it's fun. Um, and that, so the, uh, that may never be an HD game. Maybe he's just having fun on Twitter, but it could come out, and I think people would like to play that. Um, I've got it. Uh, a little note here that says Burial at Sea has a release date. That's right. The the first DLC for Bioshock, for Bioshock Infinite. Infinite. You know what's interesting? That game came out so early in the year, and it seems to have been forgotten by a lot That's of true. people in the Game of the Year discussion. So, I, and it's already it's been on sale. It's dropped in price. It didn't sell very well. It didn't meet Take Two's uh, you know expectations. Um, so I don't know. And I haven't played. I guess I'm guilty. Uh, mm-hmm. I've not played Bioshock Infinite yet. I've heard it's amazing, but certainly not the hit that Take Two wanted it to be. Um, but I guess we'll have more content soon. So, but episode one of Burial at Sea, November twelfth. Do you want to elaborate on what that is? It is well, spoiler time. Without getting too much into detail of Bioshock Infinite Universe, it brings you back to Rapture, where that's Bioshock all One took place. So that's all I'm going to say for that. November twelfth, same week as PlayStation Four. Yeah. That's a busy week. We've also got uh, news that Connect Sports has a little freebie for Xbox One Live uh, launch. The for the Xbox One, the it wasn't coming out as a launch title, but, but now it is sort of. Sort of. You get one of the games. I think the Wave Race game. The is Wave Race free for a few months. I love Wave Race. Wave Racing. So maybe this will be fun. I think I also heard somewhere that you can play a majority of the Connect Sports Rivals game with your controller. That would be great. I'd much rather do that. You are. Actually you are using the controller. Using the controller. <laughs> you are no longer the controller. Um, EA, or I should say Tiger Woods is the new president of EA. <laughs> oh, no, wait, no, I'm sorry. The EA and Tiger Woods are no longer partnering for golf games. They broke up? They broke up. So what started their beautiful relationship with Cyber Tiger on N64, uh, I guess Tiger Woods is just not worth the money. They anymore. said they wanted to take the game in a different direction come next gen. So, robots and zombies? Hopefully. Golf? But they said after he had his whole, like, infidelity scam thing a few years ago that they were going to stick with him. And you can get that as DLC for Tiger Woods 13 if you want to. And they did, but, like, ever since then, he's been smaller or sharing the cover or they've had the special edition, which is called The Master. Yeah, he's not even PGA on the cover, right? Or whatever type, yeah. Like, the, ma- the special edition, yeah. he doesn't even have him on right. there. So, they've been slowly... 
getting people associated with the name the Masters for PGA Tour, not Tiger Woods. So it's mm-hmm. just an excuse for them to finally end that relationship. We found out Nintendo can uh, delete eShop content from your 3DS without you knowing it. What if I just don't connect to the internet ever? Then you're probably good. Okay. Do you want to know how they do that? How? So if you if you take advantage of some of their special offers and maybe abuse it a little bit. Do you remember earlier this year when you bought Shin Megami Tensei 4 and mm-hmm. you bought Fire Emblem, you registered those games and you got 30 bucks? Yep. $30 from Nintendo, free money. Yep. Well, we've had some people out there have reported that if you use that bonus twice, and you could do that, but if you somehow manage to get two codes for that $30 mm-hmm. and you use them on the same system and you continue to connect to eShop, they can just delete your content. Wow. And they can cancel your Nintendo account. Wow. So don't do that. No. It's not worth it. But yeah, okay. on the internet, a few folks have reported that their content has gone mysteriously. Nintendo's coming at you. Those Nintendo ninjas, they will get you. <laughs> you cannot take one over them. I secretly think it's Tom Nook. I don't trust that guy, so he's coming to get your stuff. Yeah, he wants what's his. <laughs> and lastly, Nintendo News, they announced that that fun Zelda 3DS XL bundle is coming Yay. out. To so, America. To America. What Do we have a release date on that? Game, November 22nd. Oh, yeah. When the game comes go. out. When the game comes out. $219.99 comes That's with it. a installed copy of A Link Between Worlds. Oh, it's already installed? Yeah. Man. Yeah, all those are all installed. They don't give you a cartridge. I still want the physical copy. Well, you'll I'll have get to the physical it. copy. It'll be on the shelf. But it's not the same. Well, it will be the same if you have a physical copy. If it wasn't pre-installed, I'd say you just give me the damn code and I'll put it online. That's what I, that's but... what I was hoping for. Nope. Oh, man. Well, you could just delete the pre-installed. Can I just, and just like give the SD card away and then just? It's not on the SD. Oh, it's yeah. not. Well, it is. It's on the system. It's on the system. Transfer it to the. You... Can I transfer it to my old 3DS? It would delete then... everything on your old 3DS, and then you'd only have Zelda. But yeah, you could do that. Yeah, because I, I would want to transfer everything. You can't. From... I can't. Do you can't that. do that. When you go from the old one to the new one, mm-hmm. it'll take all your old stuff and put it on the new one, plus your Zelda. Right. So then if you want to transfer your Zelda off, you couldn't just do your Zelda because all the old stuff is already on the new console. I have an idea. I'm confused. I'm going to take Zelda, put it on your old DS, then take all the stuff from my DS and put it on the Zelda DS. You only get five transfers, though, so don't buy too many 3DSs. That's true. Yeah, but that's only one transfer per, and then two on yours. That's true. We do have my old 3DS. This could happen. This could be a thing, and I could get my physical copy of Zelda and then just... You could just have two. Who cares? Yeah, you could just have two. Yeah, but I just... Moving along. (laughs) That's it. We like our physical copies here. That's true, we do. Yeah. Has anyone played that new Phoenix Wright? Because that came out last week. I will. Digital download. Whenever, you know, I finish three and then four and maybe Miles Edgeworth. Is that worth playing? Have you played Miles Edgeworth, Renee? No. Okay. Do you know if it's worth playing? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. You really bummed about that Phoenix Wright 5, huh? Yeah. Uh, Meh. Yeah. Cross Professor Layton. Next I heard year. that game's terrible. Really? Yeah. really? From Japan, the reviews are really bad, and it didn't sell well. But it's still coming out here. Physical or digital? Only. Physical, probably. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. We'll see. Because Adam and I played through Professor Layton. We didn't finish Professor Layton we do. in the last I've week never year. finished a Professor Layton game. We I want to. But you know I'm what never... makes it more fun? You could be Actually, nervous. no, wait. I did finish the first one. You did. I forgot about that. We play it like nerds, it's and we speak in bad British accents to each other as we read we the text as we go along. Out loud. It's cute. <laughs> well, I do that all the time anyway. Oh, okay. Terrible mm-hmm. accents. Read the text out loud in our British accents. Okay. So, yeah. That's it for news. 
No more yeah. news? Unless you guys got anything. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't remember anything. Video games came out. Yeah. People bought them. So what came out this week? That's a great question. There's a lot of games coming out today for Halloween, I guess. Who buys games on Halloween? Well, if you like Super Castlevania 4, oh, yeah. I do. You can buy that again on the Wii U e- from the Wii U eShop. What if I already owned it on my Wii? I'm and sure I you could upgrade it, it, upgrade it to $1.50 or whatever I that is. play it on my gamepad. And then, um, also, speaking of Castlevania, Castlevania Lords of Shadow Mirror of Fate HD is coming out for download on your PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. I didn't like that game on 3DS. I heard that. Should I like it on console uh, or PC? Well, I heard it ran like shit on the 3DS, it so did. maybe it'll run better on the current-gen consoles. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. And then on the PC, we're getting ports of Deadly Premonition, the director's cut. That game's crazy. And Sniper Elite Nazi Zombie Army 2. Is that the game where you can snipe and shoot Hitler in the balls, or is that the other one? Because there's <laughs> two be sniping other. games. That might be the real game, and this one's Zombies. I have no idea. But I think I guess they're just bringing that PC because it's Halloween. That's download only. Uh, it's on PC, PC right? So I guess. Yeah. And then so those all come out today on Halloween. Uh, tomorrow you get the Wii Fit U trial that I talked about last week. I keep jumping the gun with these weird Friday releases from Nintendo. That's download only. Yeah. yeah right now. Right. You can wait next next month or December, and get it with the board or the pedometer or things things of the sort. And then next Tuesday, the big, 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 big release that scared every other release off of this week is Call of Duty Ghosts come out. And we know so much about this game, right? We know. We, I'm we are the experts. Well, no, I meant anyone in general. Oh. Like, there's a dog. <laughs> there's a dog. And now there are aliens. There are aliens. Like, yeah, they announced there's aliens now in the that game. That trailer came out recently. Who agrees? Why aren't there ghosts? Why can't I fight ghosts? Why can't I carry a like Ghostbusters backpack and ghost bust in Call of Duty because then I would buy it. Yeah. Call, Call of Duty Ghost guys. Come on. One of my favorite Proton experiences from this past E3 was when we were in the Microsoft press conference. We were sitting down and we just hear these guys talking about Call of Duty behind us. <laughs> Turns out they're the producers of Call of Duty and oh. they were talking about all of the parodies that people do of Call of Duty, Go- uh, Call of Duty Ghosts on the internet. So they're like, oh the yeah, somebody... Pair. Somebody like made Call of Duty giraffes, and they like photoshopped all the dogs oh. as giraffes. And okay. That was it, was, like, it was funny hearing them talk. I was cracking about up. their own stuff. I didn't realize who they were until they were like, "Oh yeah, they were talking about our game," and I was like, "Oh, okay, that's really funny to me." So, yeah. <laughs> so that's it for new releases. Um, I guess we have time to read an email. We have an email this week. All right. Um, I guess we should probably keep this under two hours. So email real quick this is from hikari again our favorite fan says hey gang hikari with another question what is the most visually beautiful game you played at the time my favorite to this day is eternal sonata it's pleasing to look at for a game made back in 2007 second is probably wave race 64 yeah wave race did look beautiful it still looks good i think the water no game has water looks as good as wave race 64 at least water you can interact with Mm -hmm. right Anyone have an answer? I actually oh, have an answer. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of newer games that have been coming out recently, obviously, like look very pretty because times are changing and you know technology gets better, and so games look better as a result. Like, I mean, personally, you know, like you have like your Red Dead's and your Skyrim's, mm-hmm. and you know, Assassin's Creed looks good, things like that. <laughs> but, but to me, 
I really, really like the way Super Mario Galaxy looks, mm-hmm. and I love Journey a lot. Like, and Journey's I realize really that's the point of Journey is to be like this pretty visually stunning game. Um, but I guess if we're speaking like in terms of like maybe an at the time kind of game or really the first game to visually just blow my mind was Donkey Kong Country. Uh, I really like pre-rendered sprites. I, don't know, I just, just to me, like the the level of detail in that, to, it just like. I, I, I agree with that. When I first yeah. saw Donkey, like this looks real. It looks real, and like it just took me to a whole new level. Blew my mind. I was like, why isn't this a thing all the time? Right. And then whenever Rareware went back <laughs> and made Banjo Kazooie, I could talk about Banjo Kazooie for hours. But uh, just <laughs> the texturing and, and Banjo Kazooie and everything about it, just so good. So. I actually have one that's kind of different. Um, so, I really like cell shading. Mm-hmm. I've always really liked cell shading ever since I saw it in Monster Rancher 3. And, I mean, that game doesn't look good now. But <laughs> I really love the way... I've always loved the way that cell shading looks. And I feel like um, a game that's really kind of taken that and made it exactly how I wanted it are the Naruto Ninja Storm games. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. when you're playing that, it feels like you're playing that anime. And it's just so great. It's beautiful and ah, so cool. And uh, I don't know. I I really hope that um, other people can do exactly what Naruto uh, Ultimate Ninja Storm games have done because uh, they're just so cool looking. I mean, the first time I saw, the, I guess, the first Naruto Ninja Storm, I was like, oh, wow, this is amazing. And then two just like bumped it up so high and just like just the fast paced movement of the game even though it's just so fast paced that thing still stays so clean Mm -hmm. and looks so good and feel dynamic because I think that's something that you know that can really that cell shading can really bring just this look of something that looks like it's drawn but you're playing it I just love that so I think I would have to say Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm 2 cool I, I'm also a big fan of cell shading. That's why I like Borderlands so much. I really like that art style. Um, one of mine that I always draw back to is back in 08 when I first played Fallout 3. When you first come out of the vault and like the sun hits you and you see like the big expansive wasteland. I just remember back then like that looked so cool. I was like, this goes on forever. And I was playing on my 360. Like I wasn't even playing on PC. So that always sticks to me. And then more recently, I talked about it the first week, but the Wind Waker HD... That game is just fun mm-hmm. to look at. It is so pretty. Like, they did a really good job of that. Six months or whatever. Like, I, I'm i sad I haven't gone back to play it so much because I've been so busy with work and trying to play other games. But uh, I want to go back because that game is just it's gorgeous to look Skyward at. Sword's beautiful, too. It, it I really play that. how things in the distance look yeah. like watercolor paintings. As you get hmm. closer, they when become more detailed. falling out of the sky. It just everything, like, it's beautiful. Awesome. Well, thank you for writing in, Hikari. Uh, if anybody wants to shoot us any emails, the email address is GamewareExpress at gmail.com. If you want your question read, if you want to tell us how much you love us or hate us, if you want to tell us what your favorite scary movie is. And we're still wanting to know everybody's favorite Ninja Turtle. That poll is still live. Very important. Very important. So far, Donatello's winning. and it, <laughs> I don't know about all that. It doesn't look, look like anyone else can catch up. <laughs> so. so again, that's GamewareExpress at gmail.com. So let's finish up. Let's go to special stage. Um, I feel like I always go first. So someone else go first. I'll go first. Okay. Okay, so I actually didn't get to say what my favorite, most visually appealing game was in our previous segment. So I'm going to say it right now. No, it's fine. Um, I got a couple, actually. First and foremost, not a lot of people played it 
but El Shaddai on mm-hmm. PS3 and 360, that game, there's nothing that looks like that game visually. You know, the gameplay may not be what everyone wanted it to be, but graphically, it just goes somewhere no, no other game's been. Also, uh, Okami, uh, you know, on, on PS2, and that's been on Wii yeah. and the HD version. Just, it's gorgeous. And I really do like Ico and Shadow of the Clauses. I think at the time when those games came out, no game looked like they did. And um, I, I love both both of those graphically, and they look great on PS3 as well. So mm-hmm. beautiful games. Also, Miramasa um, and Odin Sphere. Oh my gosh! Were, I don't know why I didn't yeah, say that. Yeah, you know, oh. some of the best hand drawn animation in a video game ever, and nothing. I I'm not convinced anything will ever top either of those mm-hmm. as far as the quality, of the animation of those games, especially Miramasa and Odin Sphere is good too. But Miramasa, just it, the level of detail and the animation and the frames, it's it's great. And Odin Spear is just one of our favorite games of all time. So. Character design. I mean, yeah, the character design in that game is, is awesome. So. Creative. Who would have thought Valkyries with their wings on their hips? I mean, that's just so creative and cool. <laughs> Go buy Different. that. It's on PS3. You can download it. I apologize for skipping. No, so I got to do my special stage. So. <laughs> Who wants to go next? I'll go next. Okay. Uh, it's kind of random. Um, I feel like right now I kind of look like a scary monster. I'm ready for Halloween. I found out that I'm allergic to this new mascara that I got. <laughs> so, <clears throat> yesterday, I went through the entire day. I was subbing for a first grade class, and my eyelids were itchy, itchy, itchy. And I didn't know why, and I itched them a little bit. And then whenever I got home, I washed my face, and it was, like, super puffy on my eyelids. And I was like, what the heck's going on? I woke up this morning, could barely open my eyes. Oh. It was like I had to force them to open. So I took like these progress picks like all day, oh, like gosh. while I was treating it. Like I steeped green tea bags and like put the tea bags like on my eyes. And Stephen came home, brought me a cucumber so I could put cucumber on my eyes. I was putting cold compresses on my eyes. It's really interesting to see that like whenever I woke up this morning, they were so puffy and just the reduction. So I feel oh, like God. I'm ready for Halloween. I look like a monster a little bit. I know. Everybody probably can't tell, but I can. It's like, it just, my eyeballs just look so, or my eyelids just look so puffy, so I look like a monster. So, Aww. ready for Halloween over here. <laughs> Rachel? Um, okay. So, for my special stage, I just want to apologize for something that you guys may or may not have been hearing for the last few podcasts. Um, my poor little kitty cat is hiding in a bathroom across the house, and occasionally he's loud enough to hear. Um, his name's Loki. He's just a little bit over two years old. He's the sweetest thing, um, but unfortunately he just likes to be around people, and we can't have him meowing during our podcast. So I apologize if you've heard him in the background. He's our special guest every <laughs> week. So, so Yeah. He just wants to chime in on what his most he visually does. appealing and game is. And it's Halloween, and he's a black cat, so he should really be a part of this, That's I it. think. Next week, we'll have Loki commentate on some... Just do a Loki podcast. Yes, just just a cat for two we'll hours. ask him how he feels about... Being a cat? Being a cat. They're actually... Actually, there is a game on the Xbox Live Arcade called A Game About My Cat. It's a dollar. Yeah, I and own it. 
Yes. It's great. And and you can sled with uh it's it's litter box sledding with your cat on Mount <laughs> Kilimanjaro. Oh god. And, yeah. and there's a laser pointer game like you can play with your cat. With with your actual cats. And the music's incredible. It is. It's so good. Okay, so go buy that game. It's a dollar if you have a cat. Or you can just download the trial. Or worth actually... it just for that image gallery of pictures. Exactly. Of his cat. And the developer, you know, whoever made the game, I say. Developer, made by a cat. It was made by a cat, but it's <laughs> pictures of nothing, like a whole gallery of pictures of his cat. So that's really great, and I, everyone should make a game about their cat. A game about my cat. Check so, it out. Um, I also have a, uh, a game recommendation again for my special stage this week. I talked about it earlier, but Super Puzzle Platformer Deluxe. Um, I really like that game a lot. It, I have it on Steam. I think that's the only place you can find it right now. It's made by Adult Swim Games. It uh, You play as a little dude who has a gun and a different special ability, depending on which one you unlock, that can make you jump higher or fly or whatever. And the way the game works is you're in uh, a Tetris-style arena where blocks are falling, but instead of switching the blocks to match the colors to break them and make them go away, you shoot them with your gun as the little dude. Pew, pew. The only catch is you are in there platforming, making sure the blocks don't squish you, A, and B, making sure you don't shoot the group of colors that will, standing on, that you'll fall into the spikes and kill you. So it, it's really fun. It um, can be pretty challenging because eventually you get like drills and spikes and dynamite that fall down and try to kill you. So it's very fun. I think it's only like five or six bucks on Steam. So you should definitely check it out. Uh, play it with your PS4 controller. I did. I, that's what I was like. I said I was testing my PS4 controller with that. Yeah. It actually works better because the deep you have to use D pad on that game. Nice. The 360 D pad. So that's it, guys. That's our show. We should go do some trick or treating. Yeah, get all the candy while it's good. Hopefully, it's not going to storm too bad tonight. Um, where you can find us, uh, I'm on Twitter at Adam Arinder, and I'm also at attackofthefanboy.com. Uh, I'm on Twitter at use the Triforce. I'm on Twitter at Steve Gameware, <laughs> and we uh, you can find us on Facebook. We have our Gameware fan page and our uh, store page. I'm sorry, our group page and group our fan page. page. Yeah. Uh, we're still working on that blog. And I'm still working on getting us on iTunes. Till then, you can find us on SoundCloud. Um, next week, I have no idea what's going on next week. I've been really busy. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Video games. Video games might, will be happening next week. Maybe do some more comparisons on Kingdom Hearts because that's probably what I'll be playing. That's fine. So. That's cool because I'll probably just be playing a lot of those games that I've been you know, stuck on chipping away with Batman. Well, I'm playing with Batman. So. I think I'll be playing mostly handheld games again next week because I'll be out of town. That's true. So. We're going to see you and I are going to start traveling more for work. So it's going to be a lot more handheld stuff. Yeah. So uh, we'll have something fun planned. Um, but until next week, y'all have a happy Halloween. Stay safe. And uh, see y'all next episode. Thank you.